because it smelled like farts all around her. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. I'm gonna fucking hackle the shit out of you. Oh man, you mind if I do a J? It's good shit. You were feeling that shit. Cause we wanna fuck. <laughs> no offense, but uh, cigarettes are kinda strong. We ain't smoking cigarettes, we smoking that weed. Is that beef? Nah, niggas, weed! It's just me and my ganja. Not if you were stoned at the time. Bull after bull. Bull bull after bull. And then remember, there was like those beads that you had to go through. There it is. Try a taste, guaranteed to blow your mouth, man. Yeah. yeah. Most indeed. And look at this pin action. Oh. Dope smoking, dope smoking. Lots of weed. Oh, yeah. Absolute lots of it. So many weeds. On a Tuesday night. Because what else would it be? Other than bowl after bowl. Coming to you live from FEMA Region 7. On September 26th, 2023. My name is Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And my name is Dame DeLorean. And you're listening to episode 271 of this thing. Wow. Number keep going up, my man. Big numbers. Big numbers. No whammies. Oh, yeah. Another one. Another one coming at you. A little bit less packed up to the front uh, part of the show. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Last week was a doozy. It was just like a... Yeah. It was a bowlerama. I was somewhat in a reset cycle this week, although I did get called in to cover a fucking shift. Today of all days. Today of all days. At least it wasn't tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow would have been unacceptable. I pretty much said it was not going to be tomorrow. You would have said, over the line, market zero. Market zero. <laughs> not taking that shift. Uh, Yeah, you know, I've been there for, oh, I didn't know. Close, coming up on two years. You know what I've never had to do? What have you never had to do? I've never had to ask another sorry bastard to cover my my ass. Hmm. Yeah. I <laughs> just take care of the shit that I have to do. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm knocking on wood for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I remember, I guess you weren't on full time, but you did do your contractor work with kidney stones. Um, and call a out. stone was one stone. Okay. Sorry. Single stone. One stone in the ureter. Ugh. And you podcasted through Whatever it too. you call it, the P tube. <laughs> Yuck. 
not the wean pee tube. The wean pee tube is pretty low key, but the the, the pee tube from your kidney to your bladder, that's the fucking <laughs> That's where all the struggle lies. Yeah. Well, it's a historical episode of Washable. <laughs> Way deep in the past now. <laughs> yeah, we've got the me- episode number memorized and everything. It's I have no idea. Sometime before Easter, a few years back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, speaking of having no idea, I did what I've been threatening to do, and I completely nuked the IceCast Azurist, uh, cast stream server. Completely nuked. Just burnt it to the fucking ground. There's not a single pixel left of that thing. Oh. Bye-bye. Not one line of code on it. It's gone. It's gone. But you're listening to stream.bowlafterbowl.com. So it's not really gone. But this is a brand new, uh, fresh instance. Mm, very so we're, nice. we're interested in how that's working. And uh, so far, so good. Oh, so good. Cotton Gin says no drops. and uh, That's how we're going to keep it. Yeah, that's right. So, as far as I'm concerned... This is a new live son of a bitch! New live son of a bitch, and a new, uh, completely new... The IP address is different. Oh. So there's that. Uh, it's been a couple of days, so DNS has had plenty of time to propagate. No worries there. Good. But if you, for some reason, are uh, uber nerd and you used, like, the direct IP to connect to that thing, well, I guess you'll have to change your shit. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. You've been told. I, yeah. I just, you know, it was homegrown hits that just kind of put me over the edge. Because, like, you know, the stream can drop. And people can tell me that in a chat during the show. And, you know, that's one thing. Yeah, and usually the no agenda stream is rolling strong. But having to hear it on the other end as a consumer is another thing entirely. So... It also seems to be far worse, uh, or at least it did seem to be far worse on nights where you had these uh, remote guests. So yeah, when uh, your lovely co-hosts would call in on the clean feed, that just seemed to bog it down a bit more. It's true. Than usual. And uh, come to think of it, the Bulls with Buds were having a lot of drops too. I remember like the last one was Carolyn and Fletcher where we had the same number of guests mm. as you always have for Homegrown Hits. And... If uh, my memory is correct, the results were similar. Yeah, probably a rough run, rough one for the listeners. So I'm sorry for all the drops in the recent past, but hopefully we're beyond that. We did get uh, four gigabytes. Wow. Of dedotated wham. Dedotated wham. So we've got that going for us. <laughs> yeah, the good thing is. There's always the post-produced episode for future listeners who don't listen live, and they don't experience those things. That's right. There's no such thing as a stream drop on the recording. They don't have to hear packing bowls and freeing souls. You know, for what it's worth, I could listen to Dame Jennifer say that 150 times in a row and not be upset. It's really not hearing that that gets me. It's not hearing what's going on live. Yeah, definitely, because you're missing out. So, yeah. I remember that uh, when I first set up the IceCast, there's this option to upload a connecting uh, message, you know? Like, when you first connect, you can make it play a sound. And I used to have um, that Fletcher drop, you know, you, you are, are listening. listening. What's this one? You are listening to Bowl After Bowl with Spencer and Lorian. 
bowlafterbowl.com. Which is a really great intro when you first connect to the stream, but <laughs> if the stream's having connection on and offs, or like if somebody has to refresh, um, I got borderline death threats for mm. keeping that up, then I had to take it down, because people were going a little bit insane having to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Play and- all the way through before they could hear the stream. Uh, Definitely frustrating when there's a live thing going on. And I just want, like, I, I still want to overuse that because it's a very good, Fletcher recorded that for us. It's so good. Like, very early on. It's at least, it's coming up on like three years now. Yeah. Yep. I think that, uh, that, um, I call it Fletcher Station ID 1. Nice. It's probably when we were still on the Hog Story stream. It's possible. So, anyway, that's great news. That's great news. I've also been building a node, but we can save that discussion for later. Yeah, we have a whole section for that, which you can skip ahead to in the chapters if you're listening in the future. You did do the uh, second episode of Homegrown Hits. I did, last Thursday. It was pretty nice. With Mary-Kate Ultra and Daisy B. Cooper. It was a great time. You are uh, getting after it, and then I even heard shouts out on Booster Booster Grand Ball. I heard that too, thanks to Tunta. Because he mentioned that a song that was played there, he heard on Homegrown Hits first. That was very exciting. Very nice. So thank you, Tunta. And it's just awesome being able to send these artists value directly. It's pretty sick. Yeah. And there's so much new decentralized music coming out, thanks to Booberry. <laughs> it's like every day there's new songs. It's Boob- so cool. Booberry's like, uh, he's like becoming the Phil Spector of uh, decentralized music. Just so much shit he's putting out. Yeah. And thank goodness it's Booberry and not a guy like Phil Spector. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I've hugged the moth, man. He is a good person. Yeah. Just don't leave your goats around him and you'll be fine. Yeah. Or do. <laughs> or do. And then there will be many blessings abound. That's true. For you. <laughs> Goat comes out and uh, karma comes in. That's right. That's right. Got a whole system over there behind the schemes. Uh, what else do I have? What else do I have? Oh, there was a big event over the weekend. There was. There was a, there was a couple of big events. But okay, you start. The real big one was the Dirty Dozen. That's right. Anniversary day. Yeah. 12 years with you. 12 years. It doesn't feel like 12 years. No, it feels like 1,200 years. And also two years. Uh, it feels a lot longer than two years. I feel like I've known you my whole life by now. Yeah. And but, uh, it's not even been half my life. But it feels like all of it. It still feels fun and new to me. Yeah. Which I is get, nice. I get that. I definitely get that. Like, I know all of your uh, flaws, your character flaws. And, you know, I, I pick up your... Yes, exactly. <laughs> I pick up your dirty socks all the time. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's still romantic. Harfet says just 21 more than we really party. That's right. Oh my goodness. Oh man, that's going to be so exciting. Yeah. The dirty dozen. And then, uh, 12 years, four kids. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad numbers. Do got some numbers. Um, yeah. So we celebrated. We did. On kind of a whim. We really didn't know what to do. I, Sometimes we know exactly what to do, and sometimes we're like, what are we going to do? This is a what are we going to do kind of year. But it turned into knowing exactly what to do, because we had these 
gift cards to pinstripes that we had kind of like bought in we bought ourselves for christmas yeah bought in bought in retard <laughs> we bought in to use them we bought in them cards and i asked you <laughs> can we go uh pinstripes um pinstripes is this way too foofy place out in overland park already too foofy if it's in overland park and it's got a bowling alley it does which, like, it's part of their name and their whole thing, right? Pinstripes. Mm-hmm. They do bowling. They do bocce ball, which uh, some refer to as lawn bowling, but I think that's a shitty name for it. Because it's not really bowling at all. It's like round horseshoes would be closer to the thing. Don't you think? I've never done a bocce. Well, the bocce <laughs> ball, you, like, throw this little ball across your yard and it lands somewhere in the grass with a big thud. And then you have larger balls... Kind of like croquet balls okay. that you're throwing over to the smaller ball and you're trying to land it closest to the smaller ball. Mm. And that's bocce ball. That's not like bowling at all. Exactly. Thank you. It's correct. It's closer to fucking uh, ice or curling icing. <laughs> Boy, I'm really uh, in the zone tonight. You can tell. Well, when you got to mess with dedicated wham and stuff <laughs> and building messing. nodes, I've you been know. Messing. This is my, like, week to catch up and prepare, right? And, like, take a breath. And then just, like, having to be pulled in. This is, by the way, content today that I've never taught ever. So. Oh, yeah. It was also the content that, like, I just did not absorb for shit. Uh-oh. I found myself in kind of the JavaScript world, you know. Mm-hmm. Not really necessarily by choice, but it's just kind of what entered my brain and took over uh, and and react. And so I became the React guy. And this is just plain-ass C-sharp where you're going over, specifically interfaces today. And, uh, man, I made it, but I was up until, like, two last night just kind of, like, typing it and retyping it and being like, all right, I think I understand it. Because, it, you know, it's one thing that to make the code work but you have to be able to like explain why it works and what's going on in all terminology. Like you have to be able to teach people how to talk about it so that they sound like they know what they're talking about. And you also have to be ready to fix broken code too, right? So it just, yeah, exactly. When the errors come up, you got to figure out like, Ooh, how did they make the error? How do I want to, how do I want to make that go away? And I want to point out you were only covering today which is the second day in a, in a class week. So you had to figure out where the students left off yesterday. Yeah. Which meant basically you had to go through yesterday's curriculum to <laughs> know where you're starting today. Yep. All Fun. of that. All of that. And you did it. I did. I, I mean, I got it done. You know, you have to get it done. But I don't know. It's like not the sexy things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, hanging out with me, listening to Behind the Schemes. And it's, it's one of those, like, <laughs> so let's say you have a payroll application that you're making, and you have employees, uh, and some of those employees are paid by the hour, and some of those employees are paid by the annual salary. And you're like, what, what, what huh? I'm yeah, kinda, that doesn't sound fun at all. It's kind of like that. That's all. It's kind of like that. Anyway. But you got through it, and now you're... Got through it. Back to prep week. Slamming and jamming. Uh, yeah. We're looking greatly forward to the weekend. 
because we've got a new live son of a bitch coming up. Super excited to have it. Uh, we announced it a while ago, but it's officially in the feed now. Which means it's officially official. Which means it's been officially announced. It's uh, become part of the source of truth, y'all. Stephen Bell of Ellen Beats and CurioCaster fame will be joining us in the bowl for the very first time right after No Agenda Live on Sunday. So Woo! you can just listen to the big show and then just keep rolling right on into a little bit of Bulls with Buds action. So Bulls with Buds, Stephen Bell. I'm so excited. The boys wrap up a little bit after 4, usually, Central Time. So Yeah, like 4.20. I put 4.20 in the feed. Maybe a little bit earlier. Who knows? Who knows? Never really predicted exactly. We'll be ready to rock by 4, but uh, yeah. Right when they fade out, we're going to fade that thing in, and uh, we'll talk to him about all that's been going on. I think that he's like super busy this week. Ooh, it's going around. Um. So I'll be excited to chat with him and uh, talk all the exciting developments that are going on in the world of decentralized music. But I also, you know that we're a sucker for the uh, origin stories. Mm-hmm. And God, there's a lot of them because he's got a lot of apps. Yeah. Man made Ellen Beats. We're rocking the split kit right now. That's right. We started doing chapters finally. Finally. Um, he my bad. Curio Caster. He made Sovereign Feeds and Music Side Project. And they're all kind of intertwined and overlapped and co-related nude podcast apps. He's got like a treasure trove tool belt Swiss Army knife situation going on. And I'm just excited to kind of explore that and also link up and see like, you know, what the next steps are and how we can evolve this thing even further. Uh, how I can bake some of this into my own relaunch of the website. Which I'll be churning out some more of, uh, some more code on in this week. Nice. I'm excited to get to that. Um, I'll probably spend most of tomorrow and Thursday on that. Cool. Should I talk about when I made the reservation at Pinstripes and how that all went? You should. Because <laughs> it's a little bit funny. So we decided at like 2 a.m. on Saturday, or, um, Sunday morning, I guess, <laughs> that we were going to use our Pinstripes gift cards to celebrate our 12th anniversary. So I went on their handy-dandy website to make a reservation and thought, oh, 6 p.m., that sounds good. We'll do dinner. Went to submit it, and this little message popped up that said, check out our Sunday brunch buffet. And I'm a sucker for brunch buffets. So I turned to Spence and was like, well, they have this brunch buffet going on from... What was it, like 11 to 2? Something like that, yeah. Sounds right. I said, why don't we try and hit it right in the middle at noon? You're like, okay, whatever. Because you go along with whatever. And so we made those reservations. Got up super early to drop the kids off with your dad and get there. And it was totally worth it. That was the greatest brunch buffet I've been to. It was tasty. I've been to some good ones, too. That was the greatest. They had your staples like eggs and bacon, but they also had some fancy shit like smoked salmon and shrimp. Yeah, scrimps. They also had a waffle station, the omelet maker. Yep. <laughs> you know, the butcher, the baker. No candlestick maker, though. No. No crepe maker. That was... I kept... I don't know why I thought there were crepes there, but I'm like, hey, yeah, when you get back, I'll oh, give me a crepe. And you came back with a waffle of blueberries on. And you're like, I didn't have crepes. <laughs> I was oh, trying like, to oh. ask the omelet guy, like, where the crepe bar was, and he didn't know what I was talking about. He probably was like, the fuck is a crepe? And then I don't know. 
I like could barely understand him and he could barely understand me. So we were just in a really weird place. And at one point he was like, why you are smiling? Are you upset? Oh no. <laughs> I was like, why would I be upset if I'm smiling, bro? Like we're getting all of these, uh, mixed signals, my man. You're like, no, my bitch wife just asked for a scrape, but <laughs> like, I'm looking for it. Damn like, it. Uh, I don't know, man. I really don't know what's going on either. You know? I don't even work here. She's so short, she sees under the tables. <laughs> yeah, I saw some blueberry filling and thought it was going in crepes. I don't know why. <laughs> A bully seed says, probably thought you were saying crap, not crepe. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably true. Like, hey, can you make me an omelet? By the way, this place fucking sucks! Oh, yeah. I'm a sucker for crepes. The brunch was great, but the bowling was not wait, wait, so Wait, wait, wait. The Bloody Mary, though. Okay, the Bloody Mary was, was on another level. Crazy. It was stupid. It was stupid. And it was just because we had gift cards and it was our anniversary that we even ordered it. The damn thing came with a cheeseburger <laughs> on top it's of it. fucking cheeseburger and the Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been this trend of, like, how ridiculous can we make the Bloody Mary add-on ingredient bullshits, but a slider cheeseburger, I think, takes the cake for me right now. Yeah, it was pretty retarded. Mm -hmm. And then I, we also think that there was vodka and gin in that Bloody Mary. There was no ingredient list. The guy said, the, our waiter, who was a slow poke, by the way, that's my one complaint. Oh, man. <laughs> that was frustrating. He was a flighty little... Didn't get my coffee until I was damn near done with brunch, but whatever. Um... <laughs> He's like, oh, there's a lot going on in that Bloody Mary, so I'm going to get you the menu, which has the ingredients. Not a fucking ingredient listed, you guys. It, it, it did mention the cheeseburger It said on there top. was a slider, but it didn't say, like, it was a <laughs> vodka gin, whatever was Yeah, in like, there. what was the mix they were using? Nah. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. But it was huge, and we shared it, because that was the whole thing. We were both just going to order a drink of some kind. Yeah. They wanted... 18 bucks for, like, a small carafe of mimosa. Yeah, which isn't so, even going to get you there. Nah. Figured two more bucks would go full uh, Bloody Mary. Yeah. It was definitely shareable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most places for brunch, they got bottomless mimosas, you know what I mean? Like, they pour barely any champagne in there. It's mostly orange juice. They like, everybody un understands they're getting fucked, but they're just like, well, it's bottomless. So, like, you know, just drink some more. Not that this one. No, and it's the only Pinstripes location that doesn't do bottomless mimosas during their brunch buffet. I saw that on their website. What the hell? Only in Kansas do you not get a bottomless mimosa, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so we made the reservations for brunch, and then I went to reserve a lane for bowling. And the website was like, hey, you already have a reservation with us tomorrow. So I said, well, fine, I guess we'll just meander over to the lanes after we eat. And so we did. And, you know, we brought our own shoes. Spence has his own ball. I still haven't gotten finger holes drilled in mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I'm just going to keep saying that every time we go bowling. I've um, only had it for like eight years now. Yeah. My last league win was a zombie ball. It's pretty cool. But anyway, so we go to the the bowling desk and... I guess the like the smallest amount of time you can get there is two hours on the lane. And without getting shoes and bowling balls from them, they charged freaking $66 for two people on two, one lane for two hours. I was like, damn, that's expensive <laughs> bowling. A lot, of, a lot of golden money is what. So 
Then we wander to the lanes, which is in a teeny tiny room. And they probably had how many lanes do you think? Eight. Eight. Yeah, I was going to say less than ten. Not an opinion. Eight lanes with couches facing each other. So whoever's bowling next to you, you're going to get friendly with. But I will say we noticed that they had those billiards balls. The bowling balls looked like um, balls that you'd see on a pool table. Yeah. Which is really cool. I love the billiard style bowling ball. Yeah, I do too. That was neat. Mm -hmm. So I go and get my 12 pound ball, bring it back to the lane. And then I see your face on the screen and I'm like, what the hell? And there's, instead of uh, the old style computer, there's a tablet that's going to track your scores, but they want you to take a picture with your name and as you get points, it has some bizarro app built into it. Instead of getting those fun 80s computer animated dinosaur bowling pins and stuff when you get a strike or a split or whatever. Which is what we want. Which is what we want. It's going to give you bling on your picture, which is gross and uncomfortable. So I had my sunglasses on and took a shitty picture for it. And then, you know, got nine pins down and it added like big freaking dick sucking lips to my face. <laughs> and it's just like, this is not the bowling experience I want. Right. On top of this, I roll straight and my ball kept veering to the left. You have a unique throw. You have the thumb in hook throw. I don't know how to describe it. The I way you roll. Say it's, unique necessarily just like your standard little hook you know okay on a fingertip uh grip how but but, but yeah and when you threw it your ball went right to the side my ball it went around the world it just like pulled off to the left real hard like that meme of the car driving off the highway onto the exit it was like see ya yeah because they don't fucking oil their lanes Clearly, and like I, think savages. The, I think the room was kind of tilted downward to the left. You might have something on the uh, right about that. So we kind of looked at each other. I was throwing some like no spin straight rollers too, just to try and like pick up some stuff. And uh-huh. it would still veer to the left, veer to the left, even, even on the straight rolls. Yeah. So I was just like, by the fifth frame. We were frustrated. I was like, man, none of my adjustments are even adjusting. Like, you know, it's one thing if, like, most people most people who go to a bowling alley are just there to whip a ball down a lane, and, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, drink some brewskis. Whatever, who cares? Like, I get lucky, get a strike, that's funny. We're all, like, tied at 78 at the end, you know? <laughs> um, Not us, damn it. For, like, for me, I could go bowling and just have fun. Like, I always just have fun. It's not like I've got to take it super, super serious. But I also am working a little bit on my game, you know? It's like, uh, it's similar to golf in that way. Like, you go out to golf, and, like, you can just have a fun, relaxed time, but you're still trying to improve and make adjustments, you know? Yeah. is a piece of the fun. And none of the adjustments were really taking, because the lane was so poorly maintained. And the first piece of bling that the stupid app gave you was a pig nose. I know. And that was pretty, but it just pissed me off, you know? Like, (laughs) I didn't want my face up there. It asked for an email, and I just shirked that off. You know, I'm not giving you a fucking email. Yeah, fuck the This is gross. Uh, And so we looked at each other, and you're like, do you want to just 
finish up an hour and then like try and get our hour back. And I'm like, yeah. So you went back to the front desk. Well, I was actually just like, hey, do you think maybe they'll give us some, like, let's just ask if they'll give us some of our money back if we just say, fuck yeah, this. Yeah, because we didn't even want to bowl there. We weren't there for like 15, even 15 full minutes. No. And I was just like, I talked to the front desk. Frames. I was like, you know, this ball is like, I was like, the lane is just not well maintained up to the up to the expectation. I said, if we if we leave right now, can we just get some of our time back? She was like, oh yeah, that's all right. Uh, you want to stop right now? And I was like, yeah, I kind of do. She was like, you want uh, both hours back? <laughs> and I wasn't expecting that, so I just said, right. yeah, yes, yeah. yes, I do. Yes, I do want both hours back. So we got our money back. Got it. Oh, dinky bell. Uh, and uh, that means we spent $0 on our anniversary because we used the gift cards on brunch. So that was awesome. As God intended. As God intended. Yep, flying by the seat of our pants. There we go. Damn. And Too much shit in the bowl. <laughs> I'm shocked. The bowl is clogged. <laughs> we took our savings and we went over to uh, my favorite, Spencer's Gifts. That's right. Not my real favorite, but you know what I mean? That's been Well, when you get told as there. a kid over and over again that you can't go to your store, damn it, you're going to make up for lost time as an adult. Man, and mine, uh, the mall I grew up going to, the Metro North Mall, the Spencer's Gifts was literally next door to the Disney store. That's sick. <laughs> where... It, you know, we could go. Yeah, that is horrible placement. They had the little uh, dancing Mickey in the front doing the the uh, wizard hat from Fantasia. Oh, yeah. So, Ours- yeah, I'd have to go to the Disney store and then, like, I'd try to, like, you know, pull toward the Spencer's Gifts because it said my name on it. And it would just be like, no, no. And they'd always have <laughs> South Park stuff in the window. And yeah. I was convinced that's why. that It's it's because it's because of South Park that I'm not allowed to go in there. Yeah, you didn't even know about the beaded curtains in the back. Well, South Park is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. There are many more tips in store uh, wandering through Spencer's. So, yeah, that's fun. We got this. Something we've wanted for a long time. This device is something that we've tried. Uh, we've said, you know, hey, we, we want one of these. And we just haven't. We've known about these for... Fuck, probably as, almost as long as we've known each other. A coffee mug that is a pipe. An incredibly practical device. Just a ceramic coffee mug that has a bowl on the side, and you can hit the handle. This one has a carb, which I don't know if I've just not ex- like looked at them closely enough, but I didn't know they had carbs on them. But it's very cool. Yeah, and it's good placement, too. And the design was nice. So, like, most of these I see are just either, like, they're just too big and clunky. They're like soup bowls. Yeah. Or they look like some fifth grader made it in pottery class and it's they, all fucking lumpy. They say something dumb. Or they say like fuck on them or something just incredibly stupid. This one is a beautiful uh, faux tarot card of the stoner. It says the stoner and it's got like a pot leaf with a triangle behind it and like a puff of smoke and starry sky. And then the arcana Roman numerals. Four colon twenty. Yeah, it's so, beautiful. And the mug is black. And it's a black mug. And it's a it's a cylinder mug. It's not a bowl shape. It's just like a regular coffee mug shape. A little taller than a normal coffee mug. But it's gotta be because it's got, you know, it's gotta have capacity. So I think it still can fit full twelve ounces in it, like a standard mug. But you can also smoke weed out of the thing, which is the most important part. I mean, let's be honest. Yes. 
Anyway, it was just so... A little wake and bake gift. It was so perfectly us. Yeah. And we've already enjoyed it, so... Yeah. Coffee and weed. What else do you need? Not, water. Not really a lot. Just water. And food. And bowlers. The bowlers, of course. We need them and we've got them. So it was... I just want to wrap that up. Okay. And say happy anniversary. It was another good one. Happy anniversary to you. But I'm sorry we didn't get a picture on the bowling lanes as intended because... We didn't end up really bowling. <laughs> well, we I guess we left out of the story. We were going to go back up to Excelsior and bowl there. And that yeah. was like our backup plan. It was like, hey, let's just go back to Pop. He was yeah. watching the kids. And we'll take Pop and the kids bowling, too. We'll go there. Because we still haven't been to that damn bowling alley up there where he lives. Mm-hmm. So we try to go there, and they've got a piece of paper taped to the window that says, Computer crashed. Sorry we're closed. Yeah. So, like, Wow. So then what is open in town on a Sunday night? Fucking that town. One thing. The dairy B ice cream. The Terry B. That's about all I got. <laughs> so we got milkshakes. And yeah, it was great. Could could have been could have been a contender. <laughs> no, it was a great day. A perfect day. It was. You even got compliments on your outfit at the mall, so I think bitches just wanted me to buy things because I did not look popping. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you looked great. I had those kick ass boots on. I had my vest, which has been really dusty lately. Well, it's from riding the four-wheelers. On them gravel roads, yeah. yeah. But and your what? cowboy hat, though. I did have a cowboy hat yeah. on. Ladies are a sucker for the cowboy hat. It's true. It's why they love to send in uh, boostograms and, and value to the podcast, because of the cowboy hat, I believe. Yes, that is the value that you contribute. It's all that I can uh, really think about. Wearing nothing but a cowboy hat. Nothing but a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> it really gets the this really gets the sats flowing. Uh, yeah, and we like to thank people up front, right at the uh, beginning of the show here. After we remember what the hell happened in the past week, we remember all the uh, value that's been returned because this is a value for value production. After all, we put it out there week after week, bowl after bowl, in the hopes that you may find some sort of a value in it. Uh, we don't. Uh, contrary to popular belief, don't do this just because we like the sound of our own voices. <laughs> I can hear my own voice anywhere. Uh, but we try to put this thing together to be a project that's entertaining, fun, uh, and sometimes informative even. And we just asked if you uh, find yourself digging it, hanging out week after week, bull after bull, just think of what kind of value that gives you and try to return that in some way. It's not always monday. There are many ways to give, but we do like to thank people who send in their hard-earned treasure uh, each week, which there's a couple of ways you can do that. And one of the ways is to click the big donate button at the bottom, any page of bullafterbull.com, which will take you over to the PayPal. And uh, as I checked last, there was nothing in the queue over here. And yes, that is still the case. A goose egg week for the PayPals. And uh, a lot of that is because... Everybody's on that new live son of a bitch we call Podcasting 2.0. Sending in boostograms and streaming sets in real time over lightning. Right directly to your own node. Right directly to your own little computer that's being a bank and payment processor for you. Because let's be honest, these things aren't going to be here forever. PayPal's not going to be here forever. It's not, it's not going to be hanging around. We are going to outlive it. That is my prediction. Uh, but... We can keep a node rolling, and I don't think that we're going to outlive the blockchain, thankfully. I usually like to scroll back uh, while I'm doing a little dance 
with some ants in my pants and it goes like this i'm gonna do some stats i've got forty thousand in my wallet i'm 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 boosting value contribution this is fucking awesome oh i find it fucking awesome and uh what's awesome is i scroll back in helipad all the way to where i see a boost from harv hat six days ago and here it is 1420 sats from harv hat yeah thanks harv hat our delineator our delineator he was boosting this time from the podcast index no no just the boost on the fade out he always hits us when we're fading out the show to appreciate that uh the very next day the next morning we had 500 sats come in from fountain from uh user 3041455567777 uh but i actually know who this is cuz they signed the note nice they just have not set a username in fountain which is the way to go really just be another number to fountain uh love the statement about marriage that if we're not together anymore it's because one of us is dead there may be caveats according to some judges that would be against me if you know me but i love it from zombie node uh one of the KC Bitcoiners, so cheers, Zombie Node. Thanks, Zombie Node. Appreciate you. Yeah, that whole dead part and being a zombie does make it a little tricky. Mm-hmm. Undead. That's like the loophole. Get out of your marriage by becoming a zombie. Mm. No boomer went through that much effort to get out of their marriage, I tell you that. Not yet. They shrugged and called a lawyer and paid a bunch of money. <laughs> uh. Uh. Yeah, you know. What can we do? We can change it one marriage at a time. Yep. That's all we can do, man. All we can do. Uh, next boost up is from our dear friend, Sir Seat Sitter. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Sir Seat Sitter. Oh, my goodness. No, that's a homegrown hits boost. Oh, yeah. What am you got to look out for those. Yeah. Uh, filtration is going to revolutionize this thing. Um, so, yeah, lots of homegrown hits, homegrown hits, homegrown hits. Wow, you guys are really popular. Mm-hmm. You've already eclipsed the bull, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> People are excited. <laughs> Two episodes in. I, you guys are killing it, no, for real. Like, it's a lot of fun, and I'm learning a lot week it's a, after week. exactly what we needed. It's exactly what we needed is a show like what you're doing. Because, uh, you know, a lot of the music shows are um, one guy just putting out the music. Now, the first ever music show that ever happened ever was uh, two guys doing it before their show. Mm-hmm. Uh, although Booberry kind of started show. it by himself too, and he's kind of one guy doing it. But before the schemes, that's one I'm really uh, jumping up and down about. Yes. And one thing that I learned on Boostagram Ball was that Ellen Beats now has a radio tab for all these shows. Oh, sweet. And so Adam was like, You can find it in the radio tab in Ellen Beats. And I like immediately pulled up Ellen Beats, like, I want to find it. I want to see it there. And, uh, it's not there yet, so I've asked Stephen B. if he can add it. Okay. Well, and thank you. He's going to work on that. Um, but I was yeah. immediately, what do I need to add to my feed? How <laughs> right. is this my fault? No, it's not. It's not your fault. Cool. Not your fault. It's just one of those things that are in progress. It's on a, you know, we all understand to-do lists, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Some more homegrown hits. Oh, here. Sir Truck Driver hit us for 3333. <laughs> All right. Thanks, sir, truck driver. I was boosted in episode 269, They the Lawyers, and he was out of Fountain. He said, listening in the future, now in the past. So there you go. You may be listening to this show on many different timelines, in many different planes of existence. 
But the beautiful thing is that the boosts still work and they come through. And then you boost from the future right into the past. And then uh, we read it in the future from which you boosted it. That's why you come here to hear about the significance of the passage of time. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, speaking of being on the same page, uh, this page is filled with homegrown hits boosts. Yay. That's exciting. I am also, by the way, super jazzed to see different uh, boosts coming in for music uh, that are kind of picking up and White Triangles boosts. You guys listen to uh, White Triangles? You got to. You get on this White Triangles stuff? LNBeats.com, you got to search White Triangles. Uh, Tune to put his stuff up and use the template, which is really cool because in Helipad, if you click on the... Uh, time that's elapsed since the boost. There's a little boost info details thing that pops up, and I only just realized this. And you can see all the boost info, including the sender name and the name of the recipient. And so all I know that people are using the um, template, the DMU template I put out, because the name there is the wolf. Nice. So I just left the split in as the wolf. So White Triangles has a wolf split. I'll link to your template again in the show notes tonight. Because if you've got music just sitting on your computer somewhere, throw it up there. Mm -hmm. Get some sats for it. Yeah, I had uh, hoped to have some videos out by now, but (laughs) these these last-minute needs kind of set me back. So more of the same. You know how it goes with me. Yeah, you'll get it done. Grand plans uh, pushed off just a little bit longer. But uh, still, I'm having a lot of fun putting that together. It should be good. I, I want it to be right. You know what I mean? I want to just do it one time. Yeah. And I have understand. it be have it be the one that's just out there and then it's done. Uh, just like marriage. Exactly. Can't just go on there willy-nilly. Then have to redo some stuff. Uh forty two sixty nine came in next from Harv Hat. Oh, excuse me. I should say this white triangle boost. Uh that was Booberry boosting white triangles. Boobs. Hitting it with Boost CLI, and he said, they moved the moon. <laughs> they moved that song, bitch, no one's looking. Yeah, I know what they're up to. Blueberry knows. Blueberry and Lavish, they're the experts of uh, getting behind these schemes that are being pulled on us all. Uh, anyway, 4269 was from Harvhat. He's boosting out a CurioCaster. He anticipates our live pod ping. When he sees a notification goes out, he's right there with a boost, and we appreciate that very much. Curiocaster this time, if I didn't say that. Uh, one, two, three, four, five sats came next from Bully Steed. Bully, thank you. And uh, we've got, oh, I see, the count up donation. I was like, there's three vampire emojis for this. They've added in the uh, the same emojis that Boostbot uses in the uh, in the chat. Yeah. They've added those to Helipad as well. Mm. Which is great. So one, two, three, four, five is a oh, count up. Like the count. Like the count. Okay. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, yes, exactly. I wasn't quite understanding that. It's also uh, appropriate because she says some monster hash. Nice. With a bowling emoji and an alien and a puff of smoke. So that's much appreciated. Uh, 69, 69, dude. Coming in next. 69, 69, dude. That's from Hey Citizen. Thanks, hey, citizen. He boosted out of Podverse, and we appreciate you. Uh, 8888 from the great Net Ned. Yeah, thank you, Net Ned. He's boosting from Fountain. From his net bed. From his net bed. He says, 
Back in my day, we went to work with COVID and suffered while hallucinating on NyQuil, and we ate soup. <laughs> uh, some of us still do. Uphill both ways in the snow, my man. Uphill both ways in the snow. Tell you what. Tell you what. Um, <laughs> the pollen count is really high. Can you cover for me? <laughs> oh, my. Uh, next up, 6969. That's coming in from Mary-Kate Ultra. Oh, thank you, Mary-Kate Ultra. Also from Fountain, she says, NyQuil soup boost. <laughs> Get your NyQuil soup in while you can. Yeah. Just another thing on the list of things they're trying to take from us, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm mistaken. Yep. Maybe I read the read FDA the might be right. pulling everything with uh, whatever that ingredient is off the shelves. Ephenophrenoline or some oh, shit like that. man. No friendoline of mine, man. Tell you that, FDA. Uh, who is a friend of lean of mine though is Kyron Down boosting two, 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 two sets. That's four ducks in a row. All right. Thanks, Kyron. Coming out of CurioCaster. He's working on his post show. I think he flips us on and works on his post show. I love that. It was in the background. He said, Ooh, nice snag with Stephen Bell. Super keen to learn about his origin stories. He knows where we go. Same. Uh, keen to know how he first heard about podcasting 2.0. We'll add it to the list. Yes. Of things to ask him. And by the way, bowlers, if you have any questions specifically for Stephen Bell, you can always leave it on the voicemail line. Uh, call on that thing up at 816-607-3663. We'll play some voicemails for Mr. Bell as he is uh, here with us. Most indeed. Next up, 13,333 sats from Sir TJ the Wrathful. Oh, thank you, Sir TJ. He's boosting out a podverse. Strong boost. He said... Can't wait to hear the great Stephen B. on Bowls with Buds. Thank you, Lorian and Spencer, for everything you're doing for value for value. Bowl on. Bowl on. Well, here's a bowl for you, sir. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for the value, too. Yeah, man, you are jamming it. You and your whole uh, fam damly are jamming the airwaves full of some awesome musical content, and I really appreciate it. Uh, most of all because you are kind of just on fire about the self-hosted and the sovereign um, keeping control of your art thing, which I think is very clutch as we move along in this uh, whole effort to try to change how the music industry is broken. I think it's incredibly important that artists are in the driver's seat in this next phase. Artists can't afford to watch the music industry evolve and not get into the driver's seat I think that's really incredibly important. We need to be in control of our own stuff and our own value uh, because the last century has not been that great. So, yeah, thank you for being on the forefront of all of that. Next up, 19,760 sats from the Dirty Jersey Whore. Ah, thanks, DJW. And he's boosting out a fountain. He said, uh, oh, said in Macho Man, oh, yeah. Y'all be good. Santa is watching Uh-oh, with the uh, triple eyeballs just to confirm it. Hail Santa. He's everywhere already. He's everywhere. And he's anywhere at the same time. Oh, yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, appreciate you, Dirty Jersey Whore. Uh, next up, Kyron. 11-11 sets. Oh, Kyron's back. That's Thank you. for uh, eggplants in your emoji translation. That's out of Podverse. He says, 
I also just did an episode comparing the ethos of V for V and open source on the value for value show would appreciate any critique of that episode for those interested. Okay. I'll uh, send you some notes on it. Kyron. Catch up on it uh, tomorrow and let you know. Uh, he's boosting again out of Podverse, and yes, every Tuesday he does uh, the Value for Value show. So you can find that in all of the nude podcasting apps. That's Value, the number four, and Value, Value for Value. Next up, nine 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 from Piranesi. Oh, thank you, Piranesi. Good to see you again. He is coming out of Fountain as well, and uh, that brings it up to. Five minutes ago, boost. Cool. The latest uh, pin crashing that you heard. Uh, Bully Steed, by the way, said she listened to Kyron's episode, and she says it is very thorough. Mm, thorough. Thorough, thorough. I know I have to catch up because uh, on the last one, he told us that uh, he added my my feed template into the discussion there. So nice. I have that already in my queue, but it's been such a whirlwind couple of weeks. Now I finally have some time to catch up on some things. So yeah, that's on my queue, on my queue. So thank you, bowlers. We appreciate that. And of Pre- course, there's other ways to contribute value. Correct. That we appreciate muchly, like sending in artwork for chapters or episodes. Uh, also, passing the bowl to someone you think might enjoy it. Making jingles. Like Hey Citizen has done, and Fletcher too. Or, very simply, you can give us a call. Every week, we have a first time I ever topic, and this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever took a cold plunge. All you have to do is pick up your phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right. We don't screen them. We just play them. So give us a call or a text to 816-607-3663 anytime, now or later. Anytime, night or day. That's right. And we definitely appreciate all the value. Keeping that value chain going. It's a big old feedback loop. Uh, This, though, kind of marks the spot where I like to go into a little bit of a... Oh yeah, it makes me even want to build a node, and so I've been building a node. Nice. Getting my uh, palette wet with a little bit of Start 9. Hmm, how's that going? The Embassy OS from Start 9. It's going well. This is another node implementation that you can... Just throw on some bare metal. In fact, there's a DIY walkthrough, uh, both a Raspberry Pi build, which is popular, or a just uh, bare metal on any x86 uh, platform. So <laughs> it uh, I did go through a lot of frustration just because I'm a big dummy and I didn't um, do the right proper order of anything. I got a Lenovo Think Center. Just a little mini box. Uh, over a year ago now, I think it's been. Yeah, quite pretty a sure while. Was, pretty sure it was last summer when I picked that thing up because it was an open box sale. So I got it on the cheapsies. It's like a hundred bucks, maybe. It's like a little under a hundred bucks for a 
little mini PC that has 16 gigs of RAM, you know? Twice of the twice the RAM of a Raspberry Pi if you get the biggest RAM Raspberry Pi available, which is 8 gigs. And uh, much more computing power as well. The processor, I mean, it's got a dual-core uh, CPU in it. So it can think a lot faster and a lot harder than a poor little Raspberry Pi can. So the idea is start this new node. Maybe that can be like the main routing node. I still haven't really decided. Maybe if I want to just transfer over everything that is bowl after bowl raspy and just make it on this think center. Uh, I'm trying out start nine, but my first initial impression, well, maybe I should start. um, I was kind of getting into me being a dummy and then I was going to try and gloss over it, but uh, I've put, I put Ubuntu on it like ages ago. And then I've kind of been wrestling with, do I put a raspy blitz implementation on there? Do I put, you know, try this new embassy because I've been thinking about that for a while and I've not, I've heard lots and lots about it from all kinds of people, but I haven't actually got my hands dirty with it myself. So I'd like to kind of see firsthand. Um, I don't know what, like the, the process is this, you flash the install software on a thumb drive, sort of like you would on a micro SD if you were doing a Raspberry Pi. And then you boot from the drive and you tell it, all right, install that shit on my hard drive on this new computer. Well, stupid me, I kept picking the the SSD, which is where your data is supposed to go. It's not where you're supposed to install the operating system. Mm. You're supposed to op- install the operating system on the main hard drive of the computer. And then later on, you get in there and you initialize your uh, start OS and you say, all right, that's the data drive over there. I got a terabyte data drive. So that was fucking me sideways pretty hard. And then for whatever reason, I was in there messing with the BIOS settings and that's where things can really go south. Uh, And at one point I wanted to just switch everything back to the factory reset, right? So for the Think Center, there's this BIOS setting where you can reload the factory defaults and all of the uh, all of the default variables. But in order to reload the default variables, you have to enable reloading the default variables. So that's a different setting. Hmm. So you set this to enable the default load, and then you can choose to reload the default settings. But then you have to go back. I this took me about ninety minutes to figure out. You have to go back and then disable the reloadability of the settings. Oh. Or just nothing will happen. Like, it kept freezing on boot. Wow. It would go through a boot process, and so then I'd have to hold down F12, and I was trying to boot from the thumbstick. I was trying to boot from the Ubuntu that I put on there originally. I ended up putting, like, two versions of Ubuntu on the same drive. Oh, it was a nightmare. It was such a mess. I'm such an idiot. Finally figured out I had to load the defaults, and then disable the loading of the default after the default was loaded, because that makes nothing but sense, right? It finally booted up correctly. So I got start 9 OS, and I was at least able to get in there and start my blockchain syncing. It's syncing a lot quicker. I think we're at like 10% now. Uh, and I started this, I don't know, maybe 5 this afternoon. Uh, it might be further than 10% now. So it's already cruising along, syncing the blockchain much faster. And... uh the one, I don't know, quite downside, I guess I would say. I, I haven't found the terminal yet. I don't know if I need to SSH in from another machine to get to command line type stuff. 
but I haven't been able to bring up the terminal in uh, their OS quite yet. The way that it works, it's kind of strange. It's either Debian or Ubuntu-based, I'm not 100% sure, but it's like a graphical version of one of those distros. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's Debian, but regardless, basically what happens is you're shown a really quick uh, start OS command line looking interface, and then a graphical interface comes up, and it's all in Firefox, and you pretty much can't get out of Firefox. Everything is done via localhost calls in Firefox, Mm. and uh, they have their own little store, but you can also surf, surf the web at large through that browser. So it's a full working Firefox. You can go anywhere else on the on the web that you please. Uh they have two different stores that you can load. So there's the official start uh OS store to install that kind of stuff and then there's the community store which has a little bit of extra stuff. One thing that I thought was strange is that Thunderhub is in the community store and not in the official supported one. Mm. And I just wonder is there bad blood? Is there shade there? Is there like some kind of a philosophical difference because uh, I know that StartOS is all about sovereignty, but uh, Mempool, Mempool.space, and the Mempool app, that's maintained by the same people. And Mempool is in the, you know, basic StartOS store, but, but ThunderHub is not. And ThunderHub is what I use just as my main node interface anyway. Like if I'm... yeah you know, checking channel balances or if I'm changing fees or opening channels, really most of my node management, I use Thunderhub to, to do all of that. Same. So why is it not in there? I'm not really sure. It's, it, there's a few things that are confusing. I'm trying to just wait and reserve judgment until I get in and play with it more. But like my initial impression is it's like, it's a lot like Umbral. There's many things that remind me of Umbral. Mm-hmm. Only a little less slick of a UI, but also a little bit more bumpers and rails in place. You know, a little more user, f- maybe friendly is not the word, but user safe, user proof. Mm-hmm. It's designed so that you can't really do some stuff, you know? So I don't know, because uh, I don't know if it's going to serve my purposes if that's the case. Yeah. I know that, um, I want to say Eric PP is working on getting a helipad port it over to the start OS because I know Adam runs one. So they'd really like helipad over there. I think that's uh, a much needed thing for sure. They just added both them and Umbral just added like the AI things and how you can run AI from your server. Woo. Oh. But like, I want uh boost CLI over there. I yeah. want, uh, I want the IR cacophony to be able to work. I want to be able to load my uh, boost bot so that the, IRC chat fires off correctly, you know, like these are my concerns and I hope I can do it, but it just seems like I'm going to have to peel the back off of the phone and void the warranty. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just to get in there and do it, which is fine. I'm willing to do it, but I don't know. I'm just a little bit leery, but like I said, open mind, open mind still. Yeah. Maybe next week I'll have a more full report once I actually try to get in and uh, make some stuff happen. And we'll see. Uh, but back to the Raspy, my main node, my, uh, shoot, I guess, I guess it's a couple years now that that node has been rocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been needing to fix it. I'm fixing a node where my sat's coming to get 
beautiful raspy uh raspy blitz was really how i got in and started the whole diy node thing and it's designed to be built on a raspberry pi and the problem is just that after as much time as i've been using it um i haven't really been able to hone in on what the bottleneck is but it's either the cpu or maybe the drive also is filling up Uh, i need to check on how much free space is on that drive but for whatever reason, my L&D just keeps hanging up at inopportune moments. And I had another batch of like five force closes over the weekend again. Yeah. Our channel force closed too. Our channel force closed and I reopened it and force closed again. The hyphy environment hasn't been fun, although the mempool has been clearing out a bit, which is really cool. Uh, if we look right now, it looks like to get in the next block, you need at least seven sats per virtual byte so that's very reasonable compared to i think we were looking at 35 last time we talked mm-hmm. last it week has been around 33 so um and that's with a little bit of a slow average block time right now average block time is about 10.2 minutes so running a little bit behind schedule and the difficulty adjustment is predicted to be minus two percent by this time next week uh but we'll see We'll see. It does appear to be clearing out nicely, though. So what I'm trying to say is I need to build back some liquidity. Uh, I have decided that that uh, value tag is out there in so many places. I don't want to go around and change it everywhere it's at, that I'm going to keep it around in some capacity no matter what. And so I think that on a long enough timeline, whether this embassy works out or whether I'm not really that jazzed about it, I still will get some better hardware to run the the raspy bull after bull raspy as its alias is uh i'll just move that same node over to some more beefy equipment maybe get myself a twice the drive size too yeah cuz uh it's going to need to be future proof i mean on a long enough timeline eventually that blockchain's going to be too big to hold on a terabyte um plus i want to i want to put cool shit on there you know what if i want to do some other thing yeah Gotta have room. Gotta have room on it. Gotta have room. So, uh, troubleshooting that has been fun. But what I want to invite everybody to do, if you're not running a node yet, get your node set up. Let me know. Sync that blockchain. And we'll make a bunch of rings of fire. I want to do one 5 million beefy crazy one. But then I also want to do a couple uh, at 1 million and 2 million capacity. So... Uh, for those of you new to the scene, a ring of fire is just a cooperative open channel opening strategy. It's all it is. It's not like a group that you have to participate in forever. It's not like, oh, now we're in this ring and now we are collaborating on our lightning node or whatever. It's just a one-time thing, a channel opening strategy where everybody opens kind of in a circle to one another. And then uh, we can move with one payment we can circularly rebalance the whole thing at the very beginning so that everybody for uh, opening one channel will receive two channels of that size capacity and they'll be perfectly balanced at the end. So for instance, I'm talking about 1 million and 2 million capacity rings. In a 2 million capacity ring, you would open a channel to the next guy for 2 million sets then he would open the channel to participant number three who opens to participant number four all the way around the ring. 
Last guy opens the first guy. And then one person sends a payment to themselves throughout the ring for half of that capacity. So one million sats would be balanced through the ring. And then what you're left holding at the end is two fresh new channels with a million sats on each side, both inbound and outbound. So you would be able to receive up to two million sats and send up to two million sats at that point if you only had those two channels. So it's a great way to start your node up, especially if you don't have any liquidity to start off and you've got a little bit of Bitcoin to play with and put up uh, on there. So I am in build mode. I lost like, I don't know, maybe 60, 70% of my lightning capacity in the past uh, few weeks. Ouch. So you got to love it. Got to love it. Arfat needs more Bitcoin. Yes, I feel you there. Uh, In Bitcoin news, I do have some interesting news that happened in the past week. All right. Uh, this story, I kind of briefly mentioned it. Start OS, Umbral OS, now let you self-host private AI models. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, could be interesting. I, You know, for the AI impl- uh, implementations, I am a lot more interested in the art stuff. Uh, and specifically, it's fun to cartoonify things, I think is like the best thing I've seen so far. Sure, picture, photos. Like, you just put a photo in and turn it into... Take an existing photo and make it a certain style of cartoon based on the photo that you start with. I think the AI does a, a believable job at that. Sure. With some exceptions for sure. But uh, but why do I want this on my note? That is a great question. Uh, I think that the main purpose for AI enthusiasts would be if you have the model on your node, then you're not making calls to chat GPT and just like working on their LLM and, you know, giving them all of your, logged data and your log chats and stuff and your pictures and stuff it's much more private to have it on your own uh, hardware that probably takes up a bunch of space though start nine it does uh take up some space so start nine announced last week the addition of stable diffusion which is a text to image diffusion model um as well as free gpt which is a large language model like a chat interface hmm so now both of those are in the Start9 marketplace. And on the Umbral side, Umbral, Umbral added Llama GPT, which I believe is the Facebook one or the Meta one, whatever <laughs> we're calling them idiots now. It's like the era of changing your legacy app name to pretend like it's not legacy. <laughs> ding, ding. I think that's, uh, I think that's the that's strategy the being employed. Yeah. Or just cross the name out entirely. Yeah, mark it with an X. <laughs> This seems like it seems like an ultimate desperation, but whatever. Uh, Umbral added Llama GPT, a self-hosted online and private AI chatbot powered by Llama Two, with absolutely no data leaving your device. So that's that's kind of the idea. It's like you can experience these uh, large language models and these uh, AI-powered chats without um, being a data stream to some other phone home type of situation. It just all stays on your own device. None of it leaves your home. Uh, your Umbral Home Raspberry Pi 8 gig Umbral or custom Umbral OS server can run it with just 5 gigabytes of RAM. Oh, just 5 gigs. That's all you need. So 5 yeah. out of the 8. <laughs> In a Raspberry Pi situation, yeah, 5 out of the 8 gigs. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, you can st- install it in one click from the App Store, so what could go wrong? It's about a 5.5 gigabyte download. And may take a while to install, depending on your internet speed. Mm-hmm. Like most things. Yeah. So, hey, it's not as big as Fortnite, but, you know, it's pretty beefy. 
Now, No Agenda has that AI-powered search engine going that pulls through the transcripts for search terms. Yes. That's AI, right? Is that the llama thing? I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't know how that runs. I haven't even played with it. I know I've heard it mentioned, but... I'm picking up what Bully's putting down in the chat there. <laughs> oh, gotcha. And that would be cool if I could see that use case using AI as a show notes database so that people can search through your show notes and find things that are relevant to them in old bowls. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I just feel like, I don't know. But I don't know that I want it on my umbral that I'm using for... Yeah, the, my payments and stuff right the now. The thing about the node is it's great as it's as a dedicated device. You know, I think that yes. should be the point of it. So hopefully, you just got a machine, and all it does is it's a it's a fucking lightning node. So it's just there to watch the blockchain and um, you know forward payments and receive payments and receive streams and receive sats and receive boostergrams and like that already is a lot of stuff mm-hmm. going on. So like you don't need, need any extra bullshit on top of that. No, but you might build another node to play with it. I might. I may. <laughs> or, I'm, you know, the Start OS one, I mean, I have a, some extra room and some extra bandwidth to be able to jack with some shit. So who knows? I'll probably experiment around. But the AI stuff, mm, it's just not that exciting for me right now. It's it's It feels like last year's Web 3, you know, like a lot of hype and a lot of like, oh, we said AI because we're AI. And so we have to do something in the AI sector to say that we've got the AI thing. But as far as results, like, I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to wrap up the show so I can go play with AI. Yeah. And uh, another thing is the what we, what we consider AI or what the meme AI is, artificial intelligence. It's usually one of two things. It's either these uh, large language models, which just allows you to chat to something. It's going to talk back to you. And do some Google searches for you? Pretty much, yeah. Copy-paste stuff other people said into a uh, some Google search results. Or it's going to be one of these diffusion models that tries to make an image based on your text that you say, which those are kind of the hardest things to really tweak and produce results, at least in my experience, the prompts there. But, you know, nobody talks about things like... Uh, IntelliSense and Visual Studio or Visual Studio Code or the predictive text that we had, you know, when I was in high school and you could type on a flip phone with your thumb and not look at the phone and know what it was going to say and all the other kinds of essentially artificial intelligence that have been, you know. Yeah. It's just kind of weird. Like AI is not anything new in that sense, but it's just, it's just kind of what's hot right now. So everybody wants to drop the, Drop the releases. Speaking of dropping releases, Bitmain unveiled their new Antminer S21 series. Bitmain. So these are some home miners that they're rolling out. Uh, Home miners in a certain sense. I think that really, for anything that you can buy right now, the only true home miner in a real pure pleb sense is the S9 by Antminer. Which is what I got out on the fridge out there. It's pretty much the only one that plugs into a regular wall socket. You know, your regular three-pronged 120 volt. Everything else you need, uh, the 210 or the 220 or whatever the hell it is. You need the, uh, like what you would plug a a powerful oven into or a dryer. Mm. 
you need a specialized outlet to plug any of these other ASICs into. But they have uh, really improved on their performance and their efficiency. So the Antminer S21 is mining at 200 uh, terahash rate and a 335 terahash for the Antminer 21 uh, Hydro, I believe it is. It's like air-cooled and hydro-cooled, half and half. So that extra cooling gives us even more efficiency and more hash power that it can crank out per second. Uh, comparing that to those those numbers, 200 and 335, uh, compare that to an S9 like I have on my fridge that can get about 15 if it's chugging at, the, at its maximum. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it does use a little bit more electricity, but when you divide the joules over the terahash, it's, it's much more efficient than the S5s. Nice. Getting gains. So using a little more electricity, but getting a lot more hash rate out of it. I don't know, man. It's still really not that efficient to mine. You have to be doing it for some kind of philosophical reasons. And you've also got to have some practical um, thought put into how you're going to set the thing up. Because you cannot run that shit in the summer. Just plug it in somewhere quiet, you know? They make a lot of noise, and they put out a lot of heat. So you got to understand how to get the heat out of your house. Otherwise, you're just battling your air conditioner, Mm -hmm. and you're going to lose. And you've also got to figure out how to hide the sound. So a lot of the smart miners will do an attic setup, where in the summer they can just vent it straight outside out the roof, and it just goes away. And then in the winter they can pump it through the heating ducts and use it to heat their house. And that's a really great way to do it. But for me... I don't have that great way. Yeah. So I just unplug it in the summer. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the uh, the trickle of sats that come through on that thing, it's more of a learning experience why I got the S9 in the first place. So, um, yeah. It would be nice, like, uh, Cotton Gin is asking, when can I get a miner in my dryer? Like, that would be excellent to have all of your heat also, you know, just produced by ASICs. So that you could mine Bitcoin while doing anything that you need heat yeah. for. Water heater, dryer. Uh, oh, I'd love, to, I'd love to cook on an ASIC, yeah. Yeah, that would be sweet. How can I start my charcoals on an ASIC miner? That would be tight. Get a charcoal starter that mines Bitcoin. This will be the future. Yeah, getting two birds stoned at once. Exactly. Uh, last thing. I'm hoping for some feedback on this. Fediment version 0.1.0. This is the first official Fediment release. So it's been alpha before this. So this is a actual release to the public. Uh, of course, Fediment 0.1 is still alpha software. Um, the warning that they put out, which is kind of typical of a lot of stuff, even in Lightning, they'll say things similar to this. Fediment 0.1 is alpha software released under MAT license. Do not use it with real Bitcoin yet. Only use reg test or test networks like multi uh, yet. So they're, they're saying uh, Fediment's out. It's in alpha. It's in alpha. It's been in like developer alpha. Mm. So like developers have been uh, playing with it and toying with it. But what it is, is uh, something they call a Chaumian? Chaumian? eCash Mint, backed by Bitcoin with deposits and withdrawals that can occur on-chain or via Lightning. 
And I've heard it described like this. You can get a group of people together who make a Fetty Mint that you trust, and then they issue e-cash backed by Bitcoin deposits. And so because the sor- because the trust is spread throughout more people, it's harder to break the trust, right? I've been hearing about Fetty Mint for, it feels like over a year. It feels like a very long time. Most of the Bitcoin meetups, people will ask about and talk about how Fetty Mint works, uh, essentially because they've all read about it and listened to probably hours and hours of podcasts about it. Now, I have read a little bit about it and listened to no hours of podcasts about it. <laughs> uh, but every time I hear it described, it just sounds to me like, you know, I get to a certain point where where I'm like, okay, but why the fuck wouldn't you just run a node? Right. Like, oh, well, you can Uncle Jim and the average person and yeah, but yeah, it's like, all right, well, if I wanted to, uh, if I wanted to save my friends and family from total disaster and get them on Bitcoin in sovereign way and they don't have to deal with it because they're just an average person and they'll never deal with it. Okay, so if that's the scenario, why aren't I putting Ellen Bits on my own node and giving them a wallet on Ellen Bits? Right. Like, every time people talk about Fetty Mint as some kind of a solution that we need for some kind of a problem that exists. It's like, oh, well, you don't have to trust as much. And it's like, you know, Mm. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to trust at all. Yeah. Who do I trust? Me. Like, I don't know. It seems like I just don't get it. So maybe somebody can explain who is smarter than me. uh, What's going on? You need Bitcoin to run a node, says C-Dubs. Well, I mean, you need Bitcoin to issue the e-cash on Fediment too. Like, it's got to be backed by Bitcoin. So, I mean, there's not really a difference there in Fediment versus running a node. Uh, so I don't know. I don't get it. Fediment pill me. Spencer at bullafterbull.com. Every time I hear it, I just end up, like, not giving a shit. <laughs> yeah. Frankly. So I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. It just seems like, like, as soon as you start saying, well, it issues e-cash backed in Bitcoin, I'm like, fuck, I don't want e-cash backed by Bitcoin. I want Bitcoin. Right. That's the whole point, right? Well. That's why we came up with Bitcoin. So we got Bitcoin. So why do I want a fucking e-cash that's, oh, it's secured by Bitcoin. It's backed by Bitcoin. It's what? It's paper Bitcoin? Yeah. And like, where can I spend my e-cash and how does it? work and why do i want it yeah. why do i want i want the bitcoin yeah exactly it's a like it feels like a bait and switch and i don't understand i'm very like skeptical i'm stacking sats and i'm happy but oh my god all the bitcoin boys they love the fetty mint thing they're like well fetty mint fetty mint you hear this more than you hear bolt 12 yeah and a lot of the bitcoin boys don't do lightning payments directly to podcasts and stuff too it's a lot of on-chain Paying fees that they don't need to be paying all the damn time. I, I, it just feels weird to me, like where Bitcoin people will draw the lines. Like it just seems very inconsistent. <laughs> and Fediment is the prime example of one of those things where people are like, oh, you got to be sovereign. You got to be trustless. You got to be Bitcoin. But Fediment is very promising. Fediment, all oh, Fediment's out. I'm jerking everybody off. Like, uh, so we can get some Fetty Mini cash. Neat. Mm-hmm. Neat. That sounds like a token to me. Yeah. It sounds awfully close to a shit coin to me. That sounds like, uh, oh, here, deposit 
my real money at the bank and I'll issue you fake money based on the real money. Uh, aren't we back to fucking reserve banking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but maybe it's not fractional. I don't give a fuck, man. I just want the Bitcoin. Well, like we already solved this problem. So what's the deal here? I tried to look up that word like a fag, Chaumian. Oh, and the yeah. first thing I came up was an article from Bitcoin Magazine that says, Chaumian mints distribute trust among Bitcoin users. And I'm thinking, like, the Bitcoin network is already built on trust. Well, it's built on no trust. Well, no trust, yeah. It's built on zero trust, trustless, which is how you want it. Like, I shouldn't have to trust nobody, but the code, you know, like, the code is what I trust because it's going to execute. If I run it, it executes. And that's all you need. I don't understand the extra shit. I don't understand the Fetty Mint. But anyway, that's the last uh, tale I have to tell you. Sorry that I spent too much time on Fetty Mint, man. Yeah, that's all right. I really wanted to get to that. I was just going to say, I've done no reading on it, so like, I have nothing to bring to the table in this conversation. I'm (laughs) interested in the real deal because I just keep hearing the same circles talked and it's just making me confused, you know? It's just making me confused is all. It probably is a turd if it smells like one, but (laughs) just like people that are usually uh, pretty on top of things also seem to really like this new thing for something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm on top of? Top three, 33. All right. That's right. Big, bold headline this week. Victor Sokolov, Navy commander, and 33 officers obliterated in Russia's biggest blow yet. Wow. So. They're blowing pretty big, huh? Oh, yeah. Big blows, man. Big blows when 33 is involved. You know it was big. It was two guys plus 33 other guys? One guy. Those are my favorite. Plus 33 other guys. One guy yeah. and 33 other guys. I love when they do that. They mm-hmm. split the numbers up so they can get to the 33. And you have to be following the Ukraine narrative pretty closely to even know who this guy is by name alone. Victor Sokolov, you know. Mm. Who? A Navy commander. I mean, at least they try to give you. Is he ghost or is he flapjack? Or is he crocodile? Uh, commander of Russia's infamous Black Sea Fleet, now dead, mm. from a missile strike. Yeah. Uh, and for what it's worth, I don't consent to my fiat fun coupons going over to Ukraine. I don't have a side or a dog in this fight. But there was the 33, so I saw the story, that's for sure. I've heard that the guy is dead, the guy that I did not know. Gotcha. And, um, you know, for a lot of people... That's a yay, and for a lot of people, that's an oh no. And here I am, totally not affected by this at all. Caught in the middle with 33. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like this next story, where uh, 60 internally displaced people, including 33 children, die from starvation in Congo. Now, of course, there's more than 5 million people displaced in Congo, uh, because of not just flooding that's happened there, but all this crazy violence from rebels and militia groups attacking villages, uh, forcing people out of their homes. But damn it, 33 children in the headline. Break my heart, why don't you? They did. <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. I'm, I suppose they would suggest I send my cash. That's how it feels. Another situation where, well, I don't consent to that, so... 
Uh, I will just share the story in the top 333 because it seems like big news, you know? Mm-hmm. And the the 5 million number that I gave you, I looked that up. That wasn't cited in the article. They were only talking about a group of 60 people who have been displaced uh, and died. But They wanted to just get that hyper-local. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think of the children, the 33 dead children. Do it for the 33. Yeah. And finally... From Texas, a McAllen woman accused of killing 33 dogs is scheduled for trial. This has got to be a very followed story because it's been going on since 2019. Someone said that her apartment stank really bad and the animal control should look into it because they had a suspicion she was breeding dogs in an apartment. And so the animal control went out and started the process of obtaining a search warrant over these allegations. Uh, They showed up to talk to her, and, you know, that probably went as expected, like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. And then they scheduled, like, a meeting to talk to her, at which her and her husband were not around, so that didn't happen. Um, But a call came into the local police department that this woman was loading a bunch of puppies into a U-Haul And, you know, they were concerned about the dogs. So when the cops finally caught up with the U-Haul, they noticed that there was a very awful odor coming from the truck. And they opened the door and found 33 dead dogs inside of the U-Haul. Because you can't put a living thing in the back of a U-Haul. There's no ventilation. And it's Texas. You know, it's hot. So they said that five of the dogs had been dead for quite some time, which makes me wonder if she just put dead dog bodies in the U-Haul, and that's why her apartment stank so bad. Uh, The others, of course, died because of the conditions of being in the U-Haul, but there was one that survived. One dog survived. Wow. Um, I don't know if it's been adopted or what. They didn't go into that. (laughs) Gotta be. That's a perfect name for it. So she uh, told the police officer during that interaction that she and her husband came up with this plan to rent the U-Haul and drive the dogs around until animal control left their apartment. You know, so they didn't get in trouble for exactly what they're now in trouble for. Right. Her specifically. She's facing two counts of cruelty to non-livestock animals, and she has pled not guilty and is currently free on a $10,000 bond. I'm telling you, man. If you got 33 animals, it's one too many for sure. Yeah, that's I would when say they get you. a lot more than one, but definitely too many. It's like when you go to the casino. You got to establish a limit before getting into that. Yes. There's got to be a hard limit somewhere. Three dogs is a good cap. Three dogs is a good cap. <laughs> I know from experience, currently living with three dogs. <laughs> three dogs, eight, cho- eight children. Yeah, eight chickens, four children. It's a good mix. Always something going on. Oh, yeah. And so this trial is scheduled for early February. Oh. Anyways, I'm scheduled to go behind the curtain now. Right on time. Yeah. Right on time. It's always time. I just wanted to remind bowlers that tomorrow the Senate Banking Committee will be voting on the Safer Banking Act. It's now safer instead of safe. Uh stands for the Secure and Fair Enforcement Regulation Banking Act. And this, of course, should allow 
banks to work with pot businesses without getting into federal hot water. But of course, there's these guidelines written out for them in this Banking Act saying that it's on them to assess the risk before working with a business because, you know, if they are emerald market businesses selling on the free market or black market, the non-regulated market, that's illegal. Can't do that. And then you'll still be in federal trouble. Um, But it does prohibit federal regulators from requesting banks to terminate accounts for no reason at all, other than, you know, just pop. Oh, we see that's a pop business. You got to shut down that bank account. Mm-hmm. They have to give customers a notice that their account will be terminated. So it says, like, they can't terminate it. They can. They just have to tell you that it's going to happen. That seems like nothing. It's such an eye roller. Yeah. And um, if it is enacted, federal agencies will have two years to make social equity rules uh, or guidance. It says for increasing financial services in rural, tribal, low, and moderate income communities. Get yourself a bank. Yeah, put banks in the uh, boonies. That's right, banks in the boonies. Eh, I'd rather teach them how to run a node personally if you want to help people. But anyway, you know, this has been a long time coming. The Safe Banking Act has failed to pass seven times now. So, eh, we'll see. I mean, just because it gets voted out of committee doesn't mean it's going to make it anywhere. Yeah. I mean, even Chuck Schumer stopped jerking off at press conferences about it. Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty lame. Pretty lame. Kind of like the whole, oh, uh... The HHS suggests we reschedule pot from Schedule 1 on the Controlled Substances Act to Schedule 3. Aren't you happy about that? No. That doesn't really change anything for most people. No. (laughs) But I did get a chuckle when I saw this bill filed this week, the Deferring Executive Authority Act, filed by uh, Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming and Senator Steve Daines of Montana. Now, this would just stop the rescheduling. Uh, It would require any proposed change to federal drug law to first get approval from Congress. So that blocks the Biden administration from rescheduling pot without Congress signing off on it. And coincidentally, in the press releases for this bill, both of the senators state that they support the Safe Banking Act. Hmm. So, like, the state of things right now, the regulation circle jerk going on, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like... Oh, uh, the states, you know, the banks, the banks should be able to get in on this and not pay uh, the Section 280 on their IRS, which says that they're doing illegal stuff. But we can't just go rescheduling it. We can't just reschedule pot down the list. Certainly not. No changes. Stay schedule one with LSD. I'm telling you, man, they want to hold that hammer over our heads so that they can. Why would you want that in place unless you plan to swing it one day? Mm hmm. No, they do. Like, no one has given me a straight answer on this. I know the answer. Yeah. Well, I remember 2012. It's a matter of fucking time is the answer. Also, with the Obama administration raiding pot shops in California and Colorado. If they really cared about any of the uh, ideals, it would have been done by now. Yeah, exactly. But they don't. They want to keep that hammer 
up in the air over everybody's head so they can one day bring it down. That's all. It's inevitable. You know, it sucks. But here we are. Also kind of sucks, the state of Alabama right now where licenses are on hold, you know, and as they're reviewing to see how the scoring went down and why it was or wasn't fair, thanks to these lawsuits, um, people, journalists specifically, have been looking through the applicants. And I brought a clip because something tickled their fancy and made national news. Alabama's medical marijuana industry is at a standstill after two separate attempts to award licenses were halted by inconsistencies in scoring and a judge's order. Controversy has not carried over to one company, Three Notch Roots, who scored high but just missed the cut. Taking a look into their heavily redacted paperwork, nothing stands out until the name Andre Bloch shows up. The documents say Bloch owns more than 8% of the company as a shareholder of Cureleaf. Forbes reports Bloke owns nearly a quarter of Cureleaf, a company Vice News revealed that Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich funded heavily. Abramovich has been in the news the past few years. The New York Times reports his ties to Russian President Vladimir Putin have resulted in sanctions from the U.S., U.K., and the European Union. Redacted documents show not Abramovich, but Mirtha Carter owning 51% of Three Notch Roots, an online obituary from Foreman Brown's service funeral home in Andalusia shows Carter died in March. Yeah. So, main stakeholder, dead. Other stakeholder, Russian. Wow. The media has gone nuts. And, of course, Kirillov um, was pulled through the ringer for having loans from Russian oligarchs, who, of course, weren't allowed to travel to the United States when this whole Ukraine thing took off. And um, they've come out with plenty of statements on it, uh, one of which saying that Abramovich was one of many international stakeholders they had, and the loans have already been repaid. So, meh, just something, you know. I, I think they could have dedu- deduced points for that. Sure. Having a major stakeholder that's deceased. I guess so. But what do I know? I don't know. It's like a black box, you know. <laughs> I love that quote. Uh Looking through their heavily redacted paperwork, nothing stands out. Like, yeah, no shit. Bunch of black bars. Like, what's going to stand out? Yeah, exactly. Anything that might have stood out is crossed out. Yep. Because, <laughs> like, how redactions work, man. Hey, at least this journalist followed the money a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Until we saw the name Yakov Shmirnov. <laughs> Bloke. <laughs> I feel like the name was, it was Block. But he kept saying it weird. Yeah. He'd be like, Bloch. Yeah, he took on his Russian accent. <laughs> Bloch. <sighs> but, yep. Rules for thee. Not for me, if you're one of the chosen ones. Minnesota appointed a new head of cannabis management this week. Oh. And I, I brought another clip because, uh, well, this was quite short-lived. This is a big undertaking. We're creating an entire new agency here. On Thursday, Erin Dupree introduced herself as Minnesota's new head of cannabis management. Her credentials include owning a hemp business in Apple Valley known as Lunacy. My background definitely fits. One day later, Dupree has withdrawn from the job. Our partners at NPR News reported that her hemp business, quote, sold products that exceeded state limits on THC potency and have unpaid taxes. In a statement Friday night, 
Dupree said she never knowingly sold illegal products and removed them from inventory when she became aware. But she says she decided to step down to avoid becoming a distraction. To miss glaring red flags during this hiring process <sighs> for the director of the Office of Cannabis Management does plant a little seed of distrust, you know, at the state capitol with folks in the industry. In a statement, (laughs) Governor Walls made no specific mention of Dupree, but said, quote, we have a responsibility to assure Minnesotans that this emerging market will be safe, lawful, and well-regulated. Meh. The least of my concern. I mean, I'm not a Minnesotan, but... It's, yeah. This is part of the problem. It's infinitely more regulated than it's ever been, my lads. What are you fucking worried about? Oh, just... That's just all they do is just hand ring and bitch and moan about the dumbest, most mundane shit. And siphon more money off. Yeah. Taxes, taxes. And oh, God forbid that somebody get hired in charge of the weed department that like knows anything about weed at all. Yeah. Yeah, she might have a Grateful Dead t-shirt on or something. Like that's what the implication is, right? She's like a, a stoner, you know, one of us. Like mm. your typical stoner? I wouldn't even go that far. I would say she got in on the gray market. She's more like a granola, like halfway in. Oh, I rub CBD on my hands, right? Yes. Yeah. That level. I don't know, man. Like every time, like I used to get a lot of flack when I was uh, in um, executive normal positions in Columbia because I had long hair and a lip ring and I'd go on TV and do a, an interview, you know? Yeah, with a feather earring. And and people are like, oh, well, you know, we want to put a more professional face on it. I'm like, bro, this is just who I am. Yeah, and also it's just weed. And like, if you want to put a professional face on it, get your professional ass down to the fucking meetings and run for president, you bitch. I don't see you anywhere. Except for whining when I make the news, like, three times ever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, that kind of shit. It's like, you know, we well, we'll talk all all day about uh, the social representation and the social equity and social reparation. Oh, we need more people that look like me. <laughs> but then <laughs> the stoners are like just left behind on everything. Mm-hmm. The stoners don't even enjoy equal protection under the law in exactly. legal situations finger quote legal situations legal states no no bank account for you no you're not even a second class citizen you're a third class citizen oh mr illegal immigrant come in get your uh cell phone get your bank account get your oh but no no not the stoner no no you wear a dirty t-shirt you didn't comb your hair we have no room at the table for you yeah fuck that table anyway we don't want to sit there but what's a bummer about this, if you were excited about the legal market in Minnesota, sales can't start until this Office of Cannabis Management is up and running. And they put a 2025 start time into their law. You know, they expected it would take a while to get things up and rolling. But this is just another roadblock for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Hire and fire, or hire and loser a day later, like... I guess she probably was forced to resign, you know. It's like, did they really not? Did they really not do their due diligence, first of all? And then second of all, did they not do the diligence the whole time until the day she's hired and then look into it? Yeah, it's pretty I don't know. It feels like there might be something weird going on. There's definitely something weird going on. A little bit of hit jobby type shit. Yeah. I like what you said, you know. She probably was just too crunchy for him. Gumming up the works and they're like, oh yeah, well we can, I don't know. 
justify a delay by doing this weird shit. Yeah. Don't trust them. No, me neither. Um, but Minnesota also, you remember I talked about their constitutional clause that says you can sell anything you grow? Yes. And you know that stoners have before taken this to court and been like, well, I grew this weed. I should be able to sell it. And that didn't end very well. Of course not. No, you manufactured that weed. Bird, bird, bird. <laughs> oh, that's a legal plant, though. Yeah. Well, it's coming up again. I brought a clip. The advocacy group Marijuana for Minnesota has begun the process of a legal challenge to make the sale of home ground marijuana legal immediately because of that constitutional clause. A member of the group Marijuana for Minnesota was on WCCO Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. What we're going to be doing is taking this before a judge and asking the judge to give the opinion because right now Minnesotans are in peril. People that brought seeds on August 1st, some of those seeds can be harvested in 60 days. So maybe they can pay electric bill if it's legal. Maybe they can do mortgage. So far, state authorities have not addressed this constitutional clause. Governor Tim Walz was asked about it at a news conference. The governor indicated it was not the legislature's intent to legalize marijuana sales immediately, but to instead wait for another 18 months until the Office of Cannabis Management is up and running. But groups like Marijuana for Minnesota say they will continue to push their constitutional argument in court. A final decision will likely be made by the Minnesota Supreme Court. Yeah, I love it. Keep bringing it up. It's busy up there in Minnesota, man. Keep doing it. Oh, yeah. Things are popping off. It all started when they accidentally legalized THC. That was a good first move. (laughs) Nice. That's how you get involved right there. Win. Whose crops are crops. Exactly. Yeah, man. Uh, Do you want to hear an ad that was rejected from being aired on TV? Sure. If you experience discomfort, it may be time to ask your doctor about the most commonly prescribed medicine for pain. Opioids. What? Ask your doctor about the 187 opioid-related overdoses a day, or about the side effects that include heart attacks, addiction, coma, death, and moderate to severe constipation. Then ask your doctor about a far safer alternative. This Opioid Awareness Month, ask your doctor to consider cannabis. Cute. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cute. That's from uh, Show Me Organics here in the Show Me State. Well, there you go. They wanted that played on TV, but you know who pays to play the TV. (laughs) Yeah. Someone that would never allow that. Big Pharma. Of course. How dare you mock their ads? I can feel the fucking evil. Yeah. It's a pretty run-of-the-mill side effects. Like, I didn't hear anything in there that was, like, not on the actual real ones, you Mm -hmm. know? Constipation. Death. Yeah. If you're not paying attention to you're one of those TV zombies, it could run right by you and you wouldn't even know it's a weed ad. Oh, totally. You know? <laughs> it's like, it kind of, when I watched it, I was like, ooh, at first I'm like, talk to your doctor about opioids. I'm like, ooh, why though? My, I know. Where are you going? <laughs> I know. I was like, I was like, wait a second. Yeah. It's funny because my guard is already up with that pharma ad style anyway. Yes. You know? Like- as soon as I hear that mind control music. Exactly. And the fucking Stepford Wives smiles. Those like, it's always people outside at a barbecue with perfect green grass and they're like slow-mo throwing a Frisbee to a dog or something, you know? Yeah. It's pretty mundane, outdoor, happy, jolly activities. Just like, oh yeah, we're great. We're living with our condition and we're wonderful. 
Because we asked our doctor. We talked to our doctor. We're now eating the pill. We're now getting the injectable. It's interesting because this company is a family-operated one, and their family has a history of running local pharmacies here in the Kansas City area. Ooh. So it kind of plays off of their history, their they own just, history. You know, they're like, They hey. just hired their own team they already had put together. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> I mean, local pharmacies. They're like, hey, crank another one out for us. Yeah. So they're trying to add some more education on medical pot. Get people off the pills. Certainly a conversation starter, let's say, if nothing else. Oh, definitely. And I almost feel like it getting rejected from TV garnished it more attention. Yeah. Probably more positive attention, actually. Oh, definitely. Because then you have the, the, there's somewhere in a parallel universe where it was approved for TV and then there's this backlash campaign against it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But instead this way, it's like... The backlash campaign is that it didn't get on TV. So it's probably a win. It's probably the better that way. Yeah. Plus, I don't watch TV, so I would have never gotten to see it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> TV? What the fuck is TV? Oh. Um, Sounds like a venereal disease. <laughs> it is. Oh, shit. Becky gave me TD. TV. Yeah, I got a case of TV over here. TZ. Turns you into a zombie. Can't even remember the fucking letters. Uh, do you remember the company LaMota out of Oregon? Mm-hmm. Um, so the Secretary of State had done some work for them and was forced to resign because apparently they owe millions of dollars in taxes and they were influencing her audits and such. It was a pretty bad situation. Uh, but now some news came out of New Mexico because they realized that... They have granted LaMota six dispensary licenses there, along with a manufacturing facility. And so when they heard the news from Oregon, they're like, oh, shit, we have them in our state, too. What can we do about it? And apparently the answer is nothing. (laughs) Of course. Regulations and license department says that until there's a concrete conclusion from the ongoing federal investigation, they can't take any action. And while they were supposed to do federal background checks, the FBI is not allowing them to do so. When recreational passed in New Mexico, the FBI actually sent a letter saying that the state law requiring federal background checks for people who run dispensaries was overly vague. So just, no, you can't do it. So they had no way to know about, you know, the taxes being owed and all the other creepy shit going on from that company. Weird. Goofity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're just stuck with them. I guess they'll keep making money to pay off those uh, due taxes from New Mexico. You gotta feed the <laughs> monkey, man. Yeah. A uh, quick update from New York. The judge has imposed a stay on enforcement of the advertising rules that were targeting third-party pop platforms in that Leafly lawsuit. So as of right now, Leafly and any other third-party platform can keep advertising for weed. And there's a story that came out of Wisconsin this week. You know how people were concerned about canines losing their drug-sniffing jobs? Yes. Well, listen to this. Oh, no. Canines and their handlers from all 72 counties are attending the five-day Wisconsin Law Enforcement Canine Handler Association's conference to brush up on skills and learn new ones. 
And we ultimately create alignment throughout the whole state by having all of our people trained together. We're all training the same, we're all doing it the same way, and we're using the best possible techniques to, uh, to improve our craft. I have a series of boxes that have equal amounts. Uh, uh, some have marijuana and some have hemp and showing that, that dogs can differentiate between a legal product and, and an illegal product. There's a small difference in the scent between marijuana and hemp, oh. but it's an important one for dogs to learn so they don't alert to hemp, which is legal oh, in Wisconsin, bullshit. during a traffic stop. So in some cases, some of the dogs uh, already can differentiate, so they'll, sure. they'll alert to marijuana, they won't alert to hemp. Bullshit. Um, if they show an interest or they alert to hemp, then they, they can be differentiated off of it very quickly. They can learn the difference in a day with a simple game. So we want to oh. make it crystal clear that hemp is not something we want them to alert to. We only want them to alert to marijuana. This, these boxes here do a great job of ind individualizing that odor and paying the dog for just the marijuana. But here was my thought. Do the officers know the difference between hemp and marijuana? And do they actually know that what they put in the box was hemp and what they put in the other box was marijuana? Absolutely not. They, yeah. don't, they don't know <laughs> shit about fuck. It's clear. <sighs> So the legal definition says that the difference between hemp and marijuana, which uh, hemp, by the way, is just the fucking male plant, the male marijuana plant. Yeah, it just doesn't flower. That you grow out for, you know, fibers and, and plastics and shit. It doesn't flower out. You're growing it for the stock. It's the purpose of the crop. It's, t it's like the difference between a violin and a fiddle. <laughs> you know? It's like how you play it. <laughs> Like, this is so fucking absurd. So, legally, they've defined the difference is that hemp is anything at 0.3% or lower THC content by weight. Yes. There's not a smell difference in the fucking trichromes. Exactly. You can have weed with a lot of different aroma profiles or none at all. Yep. You can have Mexican brick weed that has some fucking THC in it and is marijuana. But it's not, it's not going to smell a certain way to a dog. And you don't have two boxes, one that smells like marijuana and one that smells like hemp. Marijuana smells like 10,000 different things. Yeah. And hemp, so hemp. also smells like 10,000 <laughs> different things. So no, bullshit. You're not training the dog in one day. You're training the dog in one day to paw at the correct of two boxes. Yeah, for sure you're getting the dog to do that. But that does not translate into a dog that can roam the streets and smell the difference between 0.3% THC versus 1.6. Exactly. Good God. <sighs> I couldn't believe that. Really. That one <laughs> I mean, I hear rocks some, me to my core. I hear some dumb shit in weed news, but this is like the, the fucking only meme for it is the Trump with his mouth falling open <laughs> meme. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. Where he's like, yep. like what? <laughs> That yep. is the only. Um, I can't even. Uh, Wisconsin, pick it up. Think tank. They're gonna. I watch. Other states are gonna start doing the hemp in a box and pot in a box <laughs> and saying that the dogs can stay on because they know the difference between point three percent legal THC and not. <laughs> One. You cut a hole in the box. Two. You put your hemp in the box. Three. You give your doggy the box. <laughs> Four. <laughs> Don't let that dog bark at that box. Oh my god, man. Mm, yeah. You say, yet. Yet. When they alert to that box. And then when they alert to the other, you say, good boy, good just boy. Just imagine being that full of shit and just straight facing it for the cameras. 
Yeah, our dog can smell the difference in THC content of the plant. It's get wrecked. It's offensive. That is offensive to me. Uh I just remember being at the Capitol, you know, and law enforcement coming in to argue against bills that were for legalizing hemp in Missouri. And that's what they were saying was, well, it shouldn't be legal because we can't tell if it's hemp or weed. We, the human being, you know, they're like, it all looks like weed to us. So why should we legalize it? It would be very confusing for law enforcement. Oh, man. At least they're playing into it now, you know, trying to keep the canines on board with a job because, geez, once they can't bark at pot smokers, there's really no need for them. Those other drugs, you know. Can't they sniff out bombs and rapists? Yeah, that's what they say. It's probably similar situation to this hemp and weed in boxes. (laughs) The dogs can bark, that's for sure. There's always something they can teach the dog to smell and bark, man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Doesn't have to be all weed, man. The dog says, now explain it to me again with those nuggies. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh, there was an international story, really, about some soldiers, uh, American soldiers in South Korea who were being investigated for smuggling synthetic weed over there. And you know what I'm talking about, spice, Mm -hmm. K2. Potpourri. They shouldn't even make it akin to weed. They use synthetic marijuana as the term, and it's got nothing to do with marijuana. Oh, I know. That always irritated me, too. But. Oh, I'm on papers, so I'm going to smoke something that isn't weed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh... Well, it's all illegal in South Korea, so Korean police raided the homes of 17 soldiers on two different military bases and accused them and five civilians of smuggling this spice in there, which through the military mail, which in itself kind of astounds me. But yeah, whatever. It must, it must be a laid back mail situation. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're accusing them of plotting to distribute it. When they raided the homes, they found almost three ounces of spice, almost $13,000 in cash, Ooh. 145 ounces of what they call mixing liquid, and 27 e cigs. Which, when they call the e-cigarettes, I was like, for nicotine? Are we talking, like, empty cartridges for loading spice into with this mixing liquid? Uh, e-cigarettes, man. Maybe against the law in South Korea. I don't know. I'm not that familiar with South Korea laws. I'm not planning a vacation there anytime soon, that's for sure. <laughs> Correct. And my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes from Thailand, where there's a new prime minister, and she is living up to her campaign promise to undo the country's decriminalization. She has already rewritten Thailand's cannabis policy so that it's medical use only. How about that for a uh, step in the wrong direction? Mm. No me gusta. That's how about about it. I know. Another place I am not planning a vacation to. Yeah. If you think our pot laws are crazy, man, just look around the world. Around the world. It's ironic, though, because it's our fault that all those exist around the world, because we came up with it in the 30s and then Mm. made everybody do it around the world. (laughs) Bastards. uh, Us. I don't get it. Damn it. Well, you know. So is it up to us to fix it? I think so. I think that the burden is yours. Yeah. That's what I think. Uh, You know what else I think? What? 
I think we got a big juicy metal moment from the Rev. Oh, yeah. He's running low on Google Drive space. Oh, got to make some space. But uh, we got some dedicated wham. We got a, a dedicated uh, temporary link as he figures uh, as he figures out where to store all the rest of that tasty metal that he brings us every moment. Uh, here comes this week's. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Curse the Fall is a metal band hailing from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. The band was active between 2013 and 2019. In honor of the passing of the great Bo Cephas, Hank Williams Jr., I bring you their 2018 single, Curse the Fall, A Country Boy Can Survive. Country and metal is a good combination. I agree. I like that a lot. A lot of country boys uh, playing the metal. Hell yeah. And uh, we thank you, Rev. Yeah, thank you, Rev. Keeping them country boys surviving. Fantastic. You can follow along with uh, the latest happenings of the Rev. Go over to noagendasocial.com. At Rev Cyber Truckers, who are you looking for? Give them a follow. Tell them thank you for the metal moment. Uh, Next up. We play a little game. We like to call it the first time I ever. First time I ever did some sort of rotating thing that we have to come up with week after week, bull after bull. Uh, well, really, we don't really come up with them. C Dubs does, and <laughs> uh, this week is no exception. First time I ever took a cold plunge is what we're talking about, and. Uh, you know, we like to keep it vague around the bowl, mm-hmm. but I feel like at closing time, C-Dubs had this like very particular situation that was a cold plunge, and I'm wondering if I've ever even had 
a cold plunge uh, before. I don't know. But the callers may have. And if you have caller, you can call in to 816-607-3663. Or you can text in. That's right. I'll, I'll read it. Or send pictures and we'll describe them. I will read it in a semi-literate manner. Uh, but before we kick, there's not, it's not jam-packed. Would you like to tell us about the first time you took a cold plunge, Lorian? Oh, sure. Uh, only one thing really came to my mind. Well, two things. Okay, that's a lie. Because I started thinking a little harder over the week, and I thought, well, okay. And the more uh, cold water plunge that I that makes sense now isn't the first thing I thought of. So I'll start with the lame thing first. So the first cold plunge, time-wise in my life, I suppose, uh, would be hopping through waves in the ocean with a friend of mine who was a great swimmer, and she made me feel brave in the water, which a lot of people can't do. And so I was out at the beach with her. I was probably eight. And she was just like a mermaid, just diving through waves as they came. And so me, being more of a rock stuck in mud when I'm in the water, uh, I just squatted as the waves came. And I let them just go totally over my body. So I was uh, taking a cold plunge in the water. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be telling you a story about diving in the cold water or nothing. Uh, um, yeah. I did kind of like jump through the waves at some time and they were splashing up over my face. But doing that squat and letting the wave just go over me. Yeah, that was my cold plunge there. But what initially struck me was as a runner, I love running, but I get shin splints something ferocious and the first time I brought it up was with a phys ed teacher, and she told me to take an ice bath, and I fucking did. That is a fucking cold plunge. Fill a tub with some ice and get in it. Never again. Yeah, that sounds... I couldn't even sit there. Like, me and cold just don't go hand in hand. I like hot showers. I like being in the warmth. I moved away from massive two shits because it's too much snow <laughs> and too cold when it gets cold. You know, I need more moderate temperatures and just a little bit of snow yeah not like three feet of snow and so uh, i just don't run as much because i don't want to do the ice bath for the shin splints i didn't even get to see if it worked because i couldn't stand it i mean i pretty much like dipped my toe in. i sat my ass down and was like nope <laughs> nope right the fuck out <laughs> that was a real cold plunge i can imagine you not last long in that scenario i can't believe you even put your butt in yeah, well, you know, it, I will try it before I knock it, that's for sure. But, ay, yeah, no, couldn't commit. <laughs> I was probably 14 then. Yeah. C-Dub says, don't be a bitch to me. And I know, I miss running. Uh, I wonder if I could just put my, like, under the knees in ice, you know, like an ice bucket instead of an ice bath. <laughs> well, I feel like the whole submersion thing is where it starts to... I don't know, your body starts to normalize what that temperature is, you know? <sighs> I mean, that's how it always was in the uh, pools growing up. It's like the most painful parts when it comes up above your shoulders, but then that's also the part where now you can get in and out of the water and not be shocked anymore. You know, once you, once it happens, it's done. Mm. Yeah, see, I didn't have uh, ice water up to the shoulders. I mean, I just filled my bathtub up, so it was just up to my belly button. Yeah, if you're getting in waist high, then it's not... High enough to kind of change your brain. I don't know what kind of flip switch gets flipped, but uh, 
there's a certain point where you're like, oh, shit, I'm in the water. <laughs> and it's cold, but it's normal. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like it, man. I don't like it. <laughs> well, this next caller, he don't like it much more. hey oh, yo, 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 yo. oh, I think he loves it. Actually, just got around to, because uh, I forgot to hit it, hit it to uh, put it in the next in line. I, I just got around to listen to the latest uh, episode with uh, you guys and uh, those uh, smoker hogs, hogsters. Oh, yeah. Hogaroonies. So, yeah. Great bowls with buds. Enjoyable episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Fun times. So we were had. Yesterday's play show started my morning off in the car with it. So. There you go. Enjoyable. Um, let us see. First time I ever took a cold plunge. Um, there was that time my mom just said no and just threw me in the river. But whoa, splish splash. Um, <laughs> it's a that weird way to baptize. Sounds like a story. Weird way to baptize you, Christopher Babs. I remember my my for a while my parents had a above ground pool, little little double or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the winter during the winter time, my dad was like. Coax us with, uh, I don't know what it was, food or a dollar or something like that. I don't know. To, but anyway, to get in the pool, just to kind of stir it up, because he'd have, he'd have a cover on it. But, you know, the water just gets all ugh from not moving around. And sometimes it'd be like break the ice and then just not go under the water because you didn't want to get a ear infection because the water's kind of dank, um, like your mom. But, uh. Ew. Wow. Yeah, so we'd get in there and. <laughs> Shots fired. Kind of stir, stir the water up and kind of rub. Sounds weird, but rubber legs around the green stuff just to kind of like move it around and that way get get the water moving. And I don't remember if we turn on the filter or not, but anyway, just uh, yeah, you circulate. And uh, so yeah, that that would be pretty cold, breaking ice and then getting in there later. So uh, it's the first thing I remember. And then, uh, oh man, probably go with another. Anyway, I remember uh, with uh, old roommate, the water heater had gone out and we were renting them. The, 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 Price was good and everything like that, so we didn't want to bug the landlord and stuff like that. So we were waiting for the parts. So it was like a couple of weeks during the winter, and uh, no hot water, so that was that was fun. Especially if you had to do an early morning or go running or something like that. We we're like, I have to take a shower right now. So anyway, all right. Well, maybe we got this one. So all right, love you guys. It's that dangerous, and uh, you know whether or not you got ten seconds left or you got plenty of time or no time, just give a good old hearty. <laughs> Whoa! Well, it was like a Wookie caca. The caca, the caca got like throat bubbly. Mm-hmm. That was impressive. Caca collar. Caca. Yeah, some cold times were had. Clearly, my first. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say you as a swimmer. I almost said professional swimmer, but <laughs> yeah, an no. athlete. Yeah, a high school athlete, <laughs> swimmer, swim team. Mm-hmm. You must have taken a few cold plunges. Yeah. I'd say probably the first cold plunge was for swim practice Um, because my whole life growing up, I swam from an early age, but it was one of two places. One would be at the Lake of the Ozarks in the summer, which was always like the hottest of the summers. And at the lake in the hot summer, like the, the lake feels good. It's never cold, you know, feels nice. If you go way down to the deep part, in the middle of the lake, you can get to where it's kind of chilly down there, you know? But I wasn't doing that till I was far older. Mm. Everywhere I went growing up as a kid was shallow water that would get pretty warm during the summer days. 
And then the other place I swam was in an indoor pool. It's always like super warm there. So the first time I really did the cold plunge was going to swim team and starting that. I want to say I was 10, I think. That's pretty young. Maybe nine. And uh, practice would start. We had only an outdoor pool in our town. We didn't have an indoor pool to practice in. Mm. Practice would start when school got out, and school usually got out kind of middle to end of May. And in the mornings, it's still pretty damn cold, and that water is like, you know, 50 degrees or something. Brutal. We got to just dive in. Yeah, dive in, and uh, it's that first jump. You know, you hit the ground, and uh, the water goes up over, I think that the top of the shoulders are it. <sighs> Once you get it over the top of the shoulders, there's this instant, there's an instant recalibration that happens, where you stand up, and like, there's a big shock of a shiver, Yeah, but also the calibration happens at the same time to where your body is... Now, like, dipped in it and used to it enough to where, you know, you stand up, the water rolls on you, but then if you dip back down in it, you don't get that same feeling again. You know? It's like a one-time thing. <laughs> it's horrible. It's so hard to really, to. it's like ripping the Band-Aid off, like, uh. after a certain time. Like, that's the most miserable part, especially for all the young kids who are just starting out. Yeah. Uh, is like... Just trusting that you're going to get through that shock. And they practice later, too. So, like, the first hour is reserved for, like, the high school kids who are there during the summer break and it's, like, staying in shape and just staying in practice. And so they get a whole hour even earlier when the pool's even colder. <laughs> when the kids come along, it's the later practice, and it's had the chance to warm up maybe, like, 10 degrees or more. But, yeah, it's still cold as shit. Here's my dumbass tip dipping my toe in and putting my foot down on the top step and going, ooh, it's cold. I'm oh yeah, you're going to stay miserable. <laughs> if you, you can take as long as you want to go from toe to Above waist. Above the shoulders. To go to, from toe to waist and then back out and you'll never, Ugh. it'll still be the same amount of misery that you're going through that whole time. Whereas if you just jump in, it's like boom, very miserable for a brief, brief moment. And then you stand up and it's over. I don't know. <laughs> it's sort of the same kind of awful but indifferent way of like licking a battery or something like that. Where oh, it's like, yes. yes, it's intense. Yes, it's unpleasant. But it's also an interesting sensation enough to be, there's like, it's it's not like it's totally without allure at all, you know? Mm. Especially, you get, especially get used to it. And it's like part of a workout. You kind of get, uh, I don't know. Something I can enjoy about it now, but that was probably just brainwashed into me after doing it, you know, five days a week. Oh, definitely. Every summer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, this next caller was doing something else five days a week every summer. I didn't start my phone call off with an ah, I almost started off with a yawn. Sorry. Uh, oh. <laughs> see? Uh, there you there go. There it is. Question. Was the plunge one? Yeah, the skagoosh. The cold, a cold plunge. one though. Yeah, kind of, kind of dirty when I say it that way. Um, <laughs> the first time I think I'm, I was quite young. Uh, my mother's uncle had a place on uh, the shores of uh, Lake Superior in the Upper Peninsula. Uh, we stayed there. I don't know, two or three times, but the water and uh, Lake Superior, even in the middle of summer, is colder than 
colder than hell. Mm. Uh, my mom would only let us go out. I think when we were really young, she'd only let us go out so far, uh, which was basically maybe amounted up to maybe up to our thighs or something. And then would tell us to come in. But then I know the one time we went out, we'd go up a little bit farther, but she'd tell us to come in after a while because uh, she was basically, uh, I guess, protecting us from hypothermia because you could technically get hypothermia in the middle of summer in Lake Saint or Lake Superior because it's uh, it's so friggin' cold. Uh, but then later on in life, uh, college years, I realized that. Like the school campus pools, they kept them the water quite cold. I think like even my high school kept the water pretty cold, even though it seemed like my high school used a lot of chemicals, but they would keep them colder because they used less chemicals and the colder water would uh, inhibit uh, growth of different uh, bacteria, fungi, mold, whatever, uh, also. But uh, I had a friend that was a uh, did lifeguarding duty uh, for like the uh, different. Uh, I know the one pool they'd have where it was like kind of like an open swim, and uh, they had one end for people doing laps, and then another end for just people swimming. Uh, and he would do that, but the water was so cold. And I went with him the one time uh, with a massive hangover. Ooh. And I was just going to sit there uh, in the bleachers that they had there and uh, lay on the bleachers. Uh, and he talked me into going into the into the pool that was ice cold. And I could literally feel my hangover, like, float away up into the clouds. It was amazing. Nice. And I realized the uh, the effects of cool water on a... Oops. Man, I almost nailed that. It was very always, close. Uh... In the bowl. <laughs> oh, net, Ned. Cold water therapy. Yeah. Uh, when you're swimming around uh, Lake Michigan, you ever come across the monster Yabgorgle? 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 I don't know. That may be Lake Ontario. I get my Great Lakes confused. Just curious, that's all. Just throwing it out there. Just curious. Uh, this next caller... Uh, is a curiosity. Hey, bowlers. Hey. Oh, hey. It's getting pretty full out here. Uh-huh. The first time I ever got a cold plunge, uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's going to be loose definition. Very loose. Sometimes be. Yes, definitely. Uh, cold showers. I love them. I okay. Love a good cold shower. Mm-hmm. If you're really struggling in the morning, if you really, really need that extra little something, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. You just turn off the heat in your shower and give yourself a little moment to kind of recollect yourself, you know. It's beautiful. And the first time I ever did it was probably in college, mm. and, uh, and I fell in love with it. Uh, keep up the, the great work uh, and get high. <laughs> I got a nice brownie going myself. There you go. Nice. Cheers, Hippie, my brother. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Bye. Uh, in the bowl. Bye. In the bowl. In the bowl. Cheers, man. <sighs> brownie. Cold showers. <sighs> yeah, that is something. That is something. <sighs> like, right at the end of a shower, if you just slap the hot water off and keep everything else running and just, like, just sit there. Look, I know my hair. Let it, let it happen. My hair would appreciate the cold water, because you notice when you go to a salon or whatever, they always wash your hair in cold water. Mm-hmm. It probably wouldn't be so poofy and whatever, but fuck. But fuck. <laughs> Man. 
cold showers. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if you're really struggling in the morning, you know. Apparently, I'm just struggling all the time because I turn that cold water on and I go, whoa, and I jump out. <laughs> That's my reaction to cold water. <laughs> it's just like, no, nah, never mind. I'm not interested. <laughs> uh, just nope right out of there. Just nope right the fuck out. Mm. I got to work on it. And apparently the answer isn't just dipping my toe into it either. It's full submersion. Yeah. Well, that's what C-Dub points out in the chat. Cold water is nothing to a cold plunge. Oh, cold shower is nothing to a cold plunge. A cold shower, yeah, that's what I mean. Collar. Cold cold shower is nothing to a cold plunge. I've watched... What's a goon to a goblin? (laughs) I don't know. I've, (laughs) I've watched videos of people, like, jumping into almost frozen ponds and stuff in the winter, you know? That always yeah. astounds me. Oh, yeah, they do the polar plunge? The polar plunge, yeah, shit like that. Ooh. Ooh. It's the stuff of my nightmares, but I'm, you know I'm open-minded. I'm yeah, man, it's it like, someday. hey, thousands of years ago, you know, this shit just used to happen. It used to be an unfortunate thing that we struggled to survive. <laughs> now we, like, trick our body into having those responses. Mm-hmm. As, uh... Therapy and exercise, my man. Keeps you in tune, you know? The problem with humans is they're just not chased by enough bigger things that can eat them anymore. Oh, this is very true. We're getting soft. Yeah. We used to have to, like, constantly kill shit that was trying to kill us. And now we just, well, I don't know. (laughs) You gotta just not eat that donut. (laughs) That's like the, (laughs) get through your day. I can get through the day, I just gotta not eat that donut. And to not eat the donut, just remember how miserable you feel on the other side of it. It's hard to remember until you get there. Uh, I never feel miserable on this side of the uh, picking of the F-tie, though, for next week. <laughs> oh, while I pull it up, why don't you check if there are any boosts that rolled in? Because I thought I heard some pins get You did hear down. some pins. Uh, thank you for pointing that out. Thank you for pointing that out. And uh, the pin was a wild memes elite appearing. Oh, thanks, memes elite. Out of Podverse with 2730 sats. He said, leap boosting the split in the bowl. There's more to life than bowling, but not much. <laughs> nice. With a winky face. He's right, you know. Cheers. Bowling is amazing. Appreciate you. Bowling is life. Bowling. There's more to life in bowling. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's... Uh, and we don't have time for wonky lanes, damn it. Mutual oral sex positions and bowling. and That pretty much wraps it up. Uh, then we had 10101 sats from C-Dubs, Boost CLI. Oh, yeah. That's where those sats came from. Straight from a node to a node. It's as sovereign as it gets. And uh, he has the ASCII text of the little man way, uh, holding his arms in the air. Like, oh. he, like he just don't care. Or like he do care very, very much. Yeah, the woohoo man. The woohoo man, exactly. I am here, woohoo. Like, Thanks, C-Dubs. Woohoo man... Don't care, but also cares a lot. You know, he's just like, he's got his priorities straight, is what the woohoo man's got going on. The woohoo man. Which is, uh, I'm sure why C-Dubs sent a boostergram of the woohoo man. Yeah. And we thank you for that. Maybe he has some first time I ever ideas too. But I have some new ones on my list. Like the first time I ever gave or received a foot job. Or uh, the first time I ever licked a battery. I like the foot job one. Right off the bat, I like it. (laughs) First time I ever caved or received 
a foot job. Gaved or received? Uh, you call in bowlers. Gaved. <laughs> if you gaved one, if you received one, uh, let us know. Eight one six six zero seven three six six three. Tunta is very upset. I want to know about it. I want to know why, because certainly one just went really wrong. Mm-hmm. Certainly. And if you hate them and you've never had one, my friend, then uh, that's just going to be some disappointing news. So I hope it's the former thing. <laughs> and uh, that leaves us with one little piece of business left to do. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. Let's do it. These lanes are well-maintained, might I add. Freshly oiled. Perfectly level. Your ball is going to go where you want it to go. I hope so. But sheep might not. This story comes from Greece. And I guess uh, Greece is grappling with the aftermath of Storm Daniel. So there's flooding everywhere. And these sheep were just looking for a place to get out of the water, maybe find some food. And they did. They found some uh, greenery, much needed, and they devoured it. And the greenery just happened to be over 600 pounds of weed because they found themselves in a greenhouse, my friend. It's my kind of house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The shepherd said that the sheep were jumping higher than goats after that. <laughs> higher than the balls on a giraffe, as my grandpa would say. Hey, that's a good one. That makes more sense than goats to me. Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, Greece legalized medical weed in 2017 and inaugurated the first medical pot production plant, as they call it, in 2023. And now it's been devoured by these hungry sheep. Damn. So, R.I.P. weed. <laughs> May those sheep uh, roast good on the fire, I suppose. I don't know. A tasty treat. Yeah. Some edibles in the, the form of freshly cooked sheep. <laughs> I don't know. I do have another weed story on the lanes tonight, though. And this one comes with a clip. For a month now, the co-owner of this gym in Vancouver says she's been receiving packages of marijuana, a total of six, but she says she hasn't ordered any of it. Wendy Sinclair says the first package was wrongly delivered to the gym. When her co-owner opened Hell it and yeah. recognized the smell, she threw it away. But they what? kept coming. Additionally, we've also gotten some postal notes saying that there's more packages to come and pick up. So what I've gleaned from this is that these fellows or folks are not really good business people, so they don't put enough postage on the um, envelopes and they get returned to us because they're using our business address. The label on the packages says Streamway Supplements, but Sinclair hasn't been able to track that business down. She says since the first package, she's given all the weed to the Vancouver police to deal with. As a former police officer herself, Sinclair says her instincts tell her something isn't right. She alleges that Streamway Supplements is not a legitimate marijuana distributor. It's definitely some type of fraud, um, probably some tax evasion as well, I'm sure, if the you know, Canada Revenue Agency would love to get a hold of them and probably whoever polices the marijuana <laughs> distribution industry. When asked if she's taken any of the marijuana herself, Sinclair says she's not interested. Oh my gosh, no. No, I'm so worried about I have no um, personal bias against it other than I, um, okay. I believe in really healthy lungs, so I definitely wouldn't smoke it. Yeah, she believes in really healthy lungs. I so. believe in really healthy lungs. And also being a snitch. Yeah. Yeah, why is that lady laughing? She's not high. She's got no excuses for laughing right there. 
it's just the the glee in her voice of like, uh, ooh, these people are up to something, and we Texas, well, illegal fraud, and now that the media is talking to her, they're gonna get them, uh huh, because she's a. They said she's an ex cop. Yeah, exactly. It's gross. So she's calling up all her buddies and saying, "Oh, we gotta fuck some people in the ass real quick." Yeah, and also, what a horrible address to choose to use as your return address. Yeah, Former dog. cops, Jim. Yeah. Hmm. We, we'll figure something out. Let's get in touch. Why can't uh, that shit return the center to me? I wouldn't be telling nobody. Shit, I wouldn't even tell the bowlers, man. Just be between you and me. <laughs> yeah. I know, there's Olympians that have great, strong lungs, probably from smoking weed. I don't get it. I think that smoking weed helps your lungs. But what do I know? I, I don't have a study backing that statement. Uh, and Big Pharma certainly isn't going to pay for one. But doggone it, if you were a researcher and you said, hey, I want to prove that weed strengthens your lungs, I bet you could. Yeah, you can find the uh, numbers any way you want to find them. Exactly. You just got to look. Ask the right questions. Yeah, you got to do the right study. Man, f- them studies. Yeah, fuck most of them. Oh, man. Speaking of asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. There was a principal in Alabama who was doing his morning rounds, you know, just before 8 a.m., before the kids show up to school, get a walk around, make sure everything's unlocked and people are in their places. And I suppose teachers might have questions or whatever. So he's walking around when he smells smoke. Hmm. What's that all about? And then he starts seeing smoke and it's coming out of the gym. So he rushes over there finds that the gymnasium windows have been broken, and there's a fire. But also, there's the gym teacher, shirtless, holding a pistol. (laughs) All right. So, I guess... I like where you're going so far. The gym teacher was talking to himself, so the principal could tell that things were not right. He wasn't in a good frame of mind. The demons aren't all the way out yet. Right. (laughs) They're still in here somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So the principal just approached him gently, Mm -hmm. managed to convince him to hand over the weapon, and had the school resource officer come in and detain the teacher. But, you know, looking at a surveillance video and stuff, I guess that teacher had been in the school for hours before he set fire to the gym, broke the windows, and started thinking about what he might want to do with that gun. And... um, Unfortunately for him, now the police have obtained search warrants, not just for his house, but for his blood also. Oh, God. To figure out if he was on a substance, perhaps, that may have uh, awoken the demons inside. Mm. Well, they'll probably find just weed, and everything else is probably already out of there. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking. By the time they get the search warrant approved, only (laughs) weed will be in that system. Right. But, I don't know, he's 38 years old. Uh, Now... I saw he was a phys ed teacher in one place, and I saw he was a special needs teacher in another place. Maybe we could combine the two and suggest he was a special needs phys ed teacher. He was the uh, retard wrestling coach. Retard wrestling right here in Alabama. (laughs) And that's why he decided to say fuck it all and show up with his pistol out and shirt off. Strong moves from strong men, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those who can't do teach. Those who can't teach, teach phys ed. Maybe he was a special needs person who taught phys ed, Tunta postulates. Yes, and in that case, 
doing this whole search warrant on his home and body is a horrible thing to do. How dare they? Yeah. The answer's not in his blood. No, the answer's not in any of our blood. No. And the way I see it, he didn't hurt anybody. He didn't put the gun to use. Maybe just make him pay for the windows he broke, and then he fire damage. Yeah. And then call it good. Like He was just a little spooked out about something. Something. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe he has good reason to be. It's spooky season, after all. It is spooky season. Spooky things are afoot. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe uh, the principal should be paying attention and, you know, keeping an eye out for what's hanging out in the peripheral. Don't know. Don't know. But what I do know is there was a story all over the place out of Los Angeles this week about a pursuit that happened. This shirtless man, another shirtless man. Men are taking their shirts off this week. Hallelujah. He walked up to a security guard standing by a golf cart, pulled out a knife, and said, this is mine. Okay, those are my words. I'm just, like, embellishing this story. Okay, I'm But he pulled a knife out and took this golf cart that said security on the side of it from a local shopping center around 9.30 p.m. All right. And then... Look at me, I'm security now. Shirtless and barefoot with his dog on his lap, started driving that golf cart away. And wouldn't you know, the cops got a call about (laughs) assault with a deadly weapon. Oh, my God. And so they were on the scene, throwing out the spike strips, trying to stop the golf cart. (laughs) But they couldn't. (laughs) They were unsuccessful with the spike strips. And although the golf cart never reached a speed higher than 18 miles per hour, he was able to evade officers for 10 miles and several spike strips. Why did he just like eventually run out of battery or what? What had happened was they can't get him at fucking eighteen miles an hour. I know. I couldn't believe they couldn't just put their car in front of the golf cart. Like, okay, this is over, but right? No, they're throwing spike strips, making a whole thing out of it. Shit, fucking throw a lasso around a golf cart. It's a golf cart. Get a skateboard. Get a skateboard kid to grab the golf cart and you know get the guy off it. Yeah, like just walk up beside it. And push the man off. I mean, I grew up seeing guys, like, jump off horses onto trains and all this other shit. <laughs> and the fucking action, you know? Hell yeah. These guys can't even stop a golf cart. No. They're the real heroes. <laughs> Said no one in the bowl ever. Well, anyway, ten miles later, he turned the golf cart into a parking lot where there was a semi-truck. 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 A semi. Unloading a delivery. And that was blocked his path. Oh. And he wasn't able to turn it around in time. Cucked by the truck. Yep, truck cuck. So he jumped off and attempted to run while holding his dog, but you know that that didn't end very well. The officers just surrounded him and took him down to the ground. Yeah. Hauled him in. I think you get a ev- evasion bonus for shirtlessness. And barefootedness. Barefootedness, maybe. Barefooted bonus. But definitely the shirtless. Yeah. Shirtless man has an evasion, like plus two evasion when running from police. I just think it would be cool if the guy who called in the cops, like, hey, he stole my golf cart and held me at knife point. If he was like, yeah, I think I'll drop the charges, you know, because that was kind of fun. (laughs) That was a good pursuit. It was. He evaded at least three sets of spike strips. 
That's maybe, cool. With a dog on his lap. Maybe the uh, spike strips are just designed for like heavier vehicles, you know? <laughs> maybe it went right over it. Whoop. It's just like ba-boom, ba-boom, because a golf cart ain't shit, you know? Yeah. It's real lightweight. That's my theory, man. Yeah. It just sounds like fun. I don't know. Maybe he was drunk. Maybe he was messed up. Maybe he was just having a good old American good good time. Good old-fashioned time, you know? To me, in my head, it sounds like he was living his best life. For sure. A little bit of yeehaw moment. His boop boopy best life. Yeehaw indeed. Man, uh, it's just a fun one. No one got hurt. You know, I'm sure the guy got his golf cart back. And fuck, he's working anyways. Security at a store. They got insurance that'll cover that. You don't worry about it. <laughs> just, just, yeah. Take care of other humans. This guy needed a grand adventure. And he got one. And no one was hurt. And now he's on the lanes. Perfect harmony. Gotta love it. Of course, can't go on the lanes without Florida popping up. This mom had to tell her kids no more electronic devices because they were abusing it. You know how kids are. They're going to find the boundaries and push them. Give them an inch and they take the whole world. Right. And you got to push them back to, nope, you fucked up. No more electronics for you. Mm -hmm. And you know, kids, her kids are 10 and 11, boy and a girl. They didn't like hearing that. So that night, uh, she ended up having to call the police because her SUV was stolen and her children were missing. Oh, shit. Around 8 p.m. And what a horrible time after that, you know, not a fight, but having to put your foot down and punish your kids. You don't like doing that as a parent. You know, you wish that your kids wouldn't push you to that point. Sure. But when you get caught doing bad shit, the foot comes down. Yeah, there can't be any wiggle room about it. But again, imagine thinking maybe that's the last time you're going to see your kids because all of a sudden they're gone. Someone stole your car. Fuck. Call the police. Report the missing kids, missing vehicle. This is all in southwest Florida. Well, call went out. Cops went out. And they saw the SUV driving in northern Florida around Gainesville, 200 miles away from the home. So they get ready to pull it over, expecting that there's, you know, a kidnapper and a car thief there. Mm -hmm. The car does stop, and the cops get out with their guns raised. And who steps out of that driver's seat but the 10-year-old boy? And who steps out of the passenger seat? His sister, of course. Okay, that's pretty dope. (laughs) Yeah, 200 miles away. So the detectives are, like, interviewing them, and they ask, so what were you doing? And the boy says... Well, my sister was really mad about mom taking away our devices, so I offered to drive her to California. Dang. I know. He had a plan, a man with a plan. He got 200 miles without getting pulled over for any traffic violations. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I think so. I'm just saying it would be a little bit of a proud parent moment there. You're like, hmm, that's pretty good. It would be a lot to process, but there would be like a- (laughs) You wouldn't let them know you're proud of that. Fuck no. No, you would definitely kill them. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> in every way other than burying yeah, them death. literally. Uh, instant no, death. death. <laughs> instant death. Yeah. You're going to die now. Come here. <laughs> you are now a zombie child. You're now dying. Yeah. <laughs> You're dead meat. Yeah. They had to go through these interviews, and the detectives did make a point to tell the media, well, there's no sign of mistreatment by their mother. You know, they're not being abused. These kids aren't abused. No one in the home is abusing them. Yes. And um, 
the good news, I guess, at the end is that the mother did decline to press charges against her children, so they were released to her. Oh, good. And because they're kids, you know, their identities aren't being released or nothing, but... It's sad that that's not necessarily a given anymore, you know? I know. There's, like, definitely parents that are stupid enough to fucking be like, oh, I'm gonna press charges to teach them a lesson. Teach them a lesson by, (laughs) yeah... Putting them in uh, behind bars for a night or whatever. It's yeah. gross. It's not that no. the justice system is not for teaching lessons. No. You just say <laughs> the age old line that moms say, I brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. <laughs> and they think, oh, fuck. <laughs> She's serious. It's probably true, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a law. You hold, you got to hold that line for something like this, though, you know? Yeah. Because then when the kids hear it, they are. Shaken to the core. Pooping in their pants. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of like this next family. Now, this comes from the Michigan Upper Peninsula. Average family home. They have a two-year-old girl, two family dogs. And, uh, you know, it was around 8 p.m. Everyone had been out riding on their ATVs and such. Uh, when mom and dad noticed, um, our toddler is missing. The two-year-old's oh missing. God. So here's a 911 call. Hey, we've been out riding at ATVs and stuff. And, you know, our kid was playing in the backyard. Now she's gone. Our dogs are gone. Um, Please put out the search team. So they do. You know, they're using drones and police dogs to look for her. And I am happy to inform you that by midnight, a citizen on an ATV found the girl three miles away from home in the woods using one of the dogs as a pillow while the other dog was fast asleep beside her. So, two-year-old wanders away, and the dog's stuck by her side because they are good dogs, and everything was fine. See, that's what dogs are adept at. Yes. Cuddling you and being a good boy. They're guardians, you know? They're like little guardian spirits. Because all dogs go to heaven, (laughs) so they're angels on earth. Yes. Yeah. And, of course, she was checked by medical staff, and everything's good. She didn't get too cold or sick or anything. She just had a little adventure with the dogs. And the craziest part is, you know, a two-year-old has no idea what's going on. She probably doesn't even realize how far away she was from home. You know, she was just walking. She was with the dogs, so. Yeah, Yeah, just walking the dogs. Oh, two years old, though. That is heart attack city. (laughs) I know, man. Our John is two years old right now. so little and fragile and dumb, but, like, have so much bravado at that stage, too. I was going to say, very headstrong. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Overconfident. Overconfident, it, for sure. Yeah. John is definitely most likely to wander out of the yard, go into the neighbor yard, or down the street to the playground without telling anyone. I mean, he fell in the damn pond, you know? He's the first one to do that. Yep. <laughs> just from the same deal, just like trying to haul ass over that bridge. Mm-hmm. Two. After being yelled at to get your ass over here, away from that bridge. <laughs> Take right it in. off. Splash. Taking the cold plunge <laughs> at two. Taking the mossy plunge, man. Ugh, yeah, that was gross. He'll have some good first time I ever stories. No Someday. Oh, but this is not a good story. There was a poker player who made a GoFundMe page to get himself to Las Vegas for a no limit hold'em world championship where the buy-in was ten thousand dollars. Uh thirty seven year old Rob Mercer. He made his GoFundMe page because he said that he had a stage four colon cancer diagnosis and, you know, wanted to compete in this tournament before, I guess, he died. 
And he was able to raise between $30,000 and $50,000. He even got a stay for free at one of the Las Vegas hotels. Nice. You know, those fancy theme hotels. Mm-hmm. Comped. Just totally comped, right? Strong. Strong comp. I don't know how he did in the No Limit Hold'em World Championship, but what I do know is someone found out he was not diagnosed with cancer ever. He oh, lied about the whole shit. thing. He stole people's money. And he kept a good poker face doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right? Imagine my shock. A <laughs> poker player lying. <laughs> a, po- a guy plays poker and is full of shit? No way. Yeah, and here's the best line of it all from the Associated Press. He won't be refunding anyone because he believes he has undiagnosed breast cancer. <laughs> the double down. Just like Archer. That's the double down. The double down, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, you know, I guess he could be holding a full house or whatever. <laughs> Re-up the bluff, man. They will sh- be sure to fold. It's like uh, he should just pull a Randy Marsh and just put his balls in the microwave (laughs) so he can get uh, get a little ball cancer. Yeah, in this day and age. It's like Harvest says, he's just choosing to identify as a cancer patient. (laughs) Like a big old hoppity hop. I'm not going to stop him, but I'm also not going to send him money because that's not contributing value to my life. Oh, and uh, I guess I'll be staying away from Wichita thanks to a clip with this next story. What's that smell? It's a question many people in Wichita and the surrounding area have been asking lately. It's an odor that some are saying smells like gas or burned rubber. But according to the city of Wichita, there's no need to worry. Air quality is good. Different reports of the smell came in on social media. A couple of people thought they smelled their engine when they saw smoke go across their car. The smell was reported coming from different areas like College Hill, Derby, and others. According to the city, the air quality is rated as satisfactory and possess <laughs> little or no risk. Yes. Now, according to the city of Wichita, this is an ongoing investigation, and they will provide updates as needed. We have the most beautiful air. Believe me. Clean, pure the tests say it's good. And what I was going to say is, you, did you hear the way she was delivering that? Like, having trouble getting through the story or getting her that thoughts together? That was the weirdest read I've heard in a long time. I think it's because it smells so bad. That would be distracting if it smells Damn. like gas the whole time. I didn't think about that angle. She was just like, the city says there's nothing to worry about. Uh, <laughs> Like, yeah. she never said uh, but the uhs were there. She was having some brain farts for sure because it smelled like farts all around her. Wow. The purest, the cleanest air. Nobody's ever had better air than Wichita. Yeah. And satisfactory being the rating. Could be a weak rating. Like, it's not great. <laughs> Meets bare minimum requirements for air to not kill you. Mm. Nothing to worry about. Yeah, and who's going to trust the city officials? I mean, it's so funny. Out. Everybody's like, oh my God, it stinks like fucking burnt rubber or something. And the city's like, oh, well, uh, check out our air report card. We've just uh, given ourselves a report card and it's an A+. Everyone clap. Everyone clap. A+. plus. Yeah, yeah, but but what's the burning rubber smell? The air is clean. It won't, it won't kill you. Satisfactory. It's satisfactory air. 
<laughs> and uh, we'll let you know if uh, anything comes up that you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Which means you're not going to be hearing about it, probably. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just based on her read, I don't think I want to be outside in Wichita right now. Yeah, like, here's a, here's to a westward winds over Wichita, my friends. Get yourself one of those fine gas masks and put it on if you're doing some outdoor work. <sighs> in Fort Wayne, Indiana, a woman brought her car to the car wash after a bird got stuck in the front grill, but... Employees ended up having to call the Jiffy Lube nearby because, well, it wasn't just a bird stuck in her grill. There was a living groundhog <laughs> stuck in the front bumper. <laughs> What's up with groundhogs, man? They're getting all the attention lately. Uh, I don't know. What is up with groundhogs? There's a little groundhog living in my dad's place, too. Yeah, they're everywhere, man. He can North haul American. ass. Those things are fast. i never really seen one, like, scoot like it did at my dad's. Yeah. It just took off running. Huh. Like a fucking goofy cartoon version of a cheetah. Like it was going quick, but it was also like, they look absurd. They're just like, that's what I imagine Woodchuck saying all the time. Yeah. Well, they got that fat ass. They got a fat ass. It's like a beaver without quite the beaver tail. Mm hmm. And without the beaver waddle. Beavers are just like, doo 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 doo. Woodchucks are like, fuck it, I'm out of here. Crazy. So that's why Pop's dogs haven't caught it yet, huh? I saw our little hood woodchuck over by the post office. Like a hood a chuck. Yeah, hood chuck. Saw that woodchuck. Called him hood chuck. How much wood would a, would a hood chuck chuck if a hood chuck could chuck wood? <laughs> he was eating a piece of trash. I said, that's not good, Chuck. <laughs> he really was eating a piece of trash. Oh, well, at least in the hood we don't pour bleach all over it. Yeah. Our fine meats that get thrown out. KC barbecue leftovers. Anyway, okay, so Jiffy Lou workers get this car with a <laughs> woodchuck stuck yeah, in it. The a groundhog. Bastard. Yeah. It's a groundhog, damn it. They're the same thing. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Today I learned woodchucks are also groundhogs. Pretty sure it's the same thing, isn't it? Well, while you look it up, you can imagine that the groundhog might have been a little perturbed that these people were trying to get him out of his nice warm home there. So they had to take off the front skid plate to give him room to get out of the engine bay. And then when he had room to get out, he didn't want to. He ran to the back of the car and hopped in the rear suspension. So then they had to take off the left rear tire to get the damn thing out. Damn. Yeah. Semi-good news, the woman wasn't charged for the Jiffy Lube services getting the groundhog out. But the bad news for her is that it chewed through a bunch of wiring, which cost $500 in repairs. Jesus. So uh, everyone involved in the Groundhog Rescue came together and decided to name it Mike. <laughs> and Mike was taken away by animal control to be rehomed into a safe place. Good for you, Mike. Good for you. Now, is Mike also a woodchuck or just a groundhog? They're they the just, same thing. They're the same thing same today, shit. I learned. Same shit. Groundhog, North American species of squirrel, also known as a woodchuck. Wow. And they're all type of squirrel. Yes. Shit. Yeah. I don't pay much attention to them because they haven't bothered me and I haven't bothered them. I do just see them on the side of the road every once in a while and say, oh, look, kids. It makes sense because that's how they move. That's how he's so, he's going so goddamn fast, man. He's moving just like a squirrel. You know when a squirrel just decides it's fucking going to book it? Oh, yeah. Zooms. Yeah. Hmm. They move the same way. Yeah. 
They move the way that I move in a thrift store when I see a treasure. Kind of like this next person. Someone bought a f- painting in a New Hampshire Savers for $4. Hung it on the wall. Enjoyed it for a few years. Then took a picture of it. Posted it on their fag bag. Like, look at this beautiful painting I found at the Savers. Immediately got contacted by people. You need to call so-and-so at the Brandywine Museum in Chadsford, Pennsylvania. You need to get in touch with this curator in Maine. That painting is from a an artist from Pennsylvania by the name of N.C. Wyeth. And come to find out, it was one of four paintings created for a book by the title of Ramona, published in 1884. Yeah, you know what that means. Money, 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 money. That person's riding the gravy train. Money. That's what that means. Yeah, the picture shows... All uh, cash, baby. A young orphaned woman arguing with her foster mom. So it's kind of, hmm. Yeah. Once hmm. you realize the story and what it's all about. But whatever, this person liked it, and it's a real painting. So, yeah, $4 for a painting. Pretty good deal. Especially when she uh, decided to put it up to auction, and the high bid was $150,000. But after fees and premiums, it turned out to be $191,000 that this painting sold for. So yeah, $4, totally worth it. No shit. They were trying to figure out how it ended up being donated, and the only explanation that's been presented is maybe the painting was gifted to the book publisher by uh, the artist's estate, and then they donated it. Hmm. But yeah, I don't somebody know. who not knowing what it was took it to the salvo, bro. Exactly. Yeah, I like money though. You always think that could happen to you one day, right? Oh, I do. That's my dream. That's the hope. Oh well, we hope it happens to you, bowlers. On Sunday, we hope you get that remembration that Stephen Bell's gonna be joining us, and you tune in. Right after the big show, we will be taking over the No Agenda stream right after Sunday's No Agenda. And we'll be talking to Stephen Bell about all things podcasting 2.0 and uh, decentralized music. Yay! And of course, we'll be back at this little bowl Tuesday night, next Tuesday, and the Tuesday after that, and the Tuesday after that. All those Tuesdays right on into the future. 7 p.m. Central, we take it over from DH Unplugged. And you can count on me throughout it all to remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And you know I will always be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter.
That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowlafterbowl.com. None of this is good. There we go. <laughs> Another bowl in the books. Another bowl in the books. Threw one at you at the end, Servo. Cheers. Uh, no donation. Take it easy. Take it sleazy. Yeah. Bye-bye. They, they better go fucking take both of those things right now. I'm going to be personally insulted. Ah. <sighs>